Welcome to Words of Jaybird, everybody, and happy 420. Um, I've never done a show with more than one guest before, and these both of these dudes are killers. Uh, welcome to the show, <laughs> Chaz Moore and Jason Serino. What's up, Hello. guys? Thanks for having me. Dude, thanks so much for coming on, for taking the time out of your, uh, your quarantine to, to hang out and talk about, some, uh, talk about some life, career, happiness, sadness, all of it. I don't know. I really, uh, I really wanted to have you guys on because, you know, you look at both of your IMDBs and there's just like dozens of, you know, producing, directing, writing, acting, camera department, art department. You guys just like, you have so much work under your belt and it's, it's really inspiring to me to, you know, to be, I went to the same college as both of you guys. Um, and to see that you both came out and have done such varied stuff, you know, really just kind of followed your, the beat of your own drum because, you know, I get this when I, when people ask me what I want to do or why I came out here, I, I find myself like listing off a fucking like grocery list of stuff I want to do. And they, their eyes just end up glazed over by the end of it. Uh, so, <laughs> My eyes are pretty glazed cool. over, I think. You guys are out here doing it. So thank, I just, uh, basically, yeah. I'm just curious to know yeah. what two creative juggernauts such as yourself are, are, are doing to pass the time um, indoors for the next foreseeable month or two. Watching Trump, you know, just keeping up. <laughs> oh, dude. Well, don't, I don't want to yeah. see yeah, you yeah, dead yeah, in yeah. a few weeks. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it just sucks you in, you know. Uh, way to start. What a great note to start on, Chaz. Yeah, yeah, everyone everyone watches way too much TV right now. No, I'm joking. All. I don't watch that much. Uh, I do. I will. Well, no, I don't. But I'll tell you what, when you're rendering video and you got your phone right there and the MSNBC is a click away or PBS um, or, or whatever you want to watch, hopefully something in that realm. But uh, And there's so much news happening. I have a degree in journalism, so I always like bringing that up in conversations that way. Like I can talk about the news and people are like, oh, this guy must know what he's talking about. Oh, and I didn't. You're not a CP? I thought you were a CP guy. I was, and then I, you know what? It's funny. I, I can tell this story later, but I didn't. I wasn't in love with the program, and I wasn't in love with school at that time. Uh, so so I, I wanted to graduate as soon as possible, so I switched to journalism. Um mm. But when there's so much news happening every day, like, you know, when the president speaks, that's news. I mean, no matter who the president is, um, even though it's like a lot of bad shit, crazy stuff. And you're like, how did we ever get here? It's it's almost like, I don't know. I wish I wish I would have stayed CP because maybe I wouldn't care about the news that much. But I also the way that it's reported, you know, I kind of look at the um, the way that it's people report it. And I, I digest it raw so I can watch it and then see how that nightly news reports what happened. Mm -hmm. uh, which which sound bites they deem are newsworthy and um and stuff it's like fascinating, that. Fascinating, right? Yeah, it's terrifying, fascinating. <laughs> it's all those things uh, in one. So I try. Part of me is like, what's the point of caring? You're you know you're one person. You can you know what a, a YouTube satirist doesn't have a you know a shot against these uh, these powers. But also the other the next second, I'm like, that's what they want you to feel like. Feel like they want you to be to not care and that way you go numb to it but it's crazy shit yeah. happening and now that we're all in like you know locked in our places it's like you it's just, hard to get away from it yeah yeah like, you can't like yeah. you're not working a 12-hour day anymore and like what happened in the news today uh it's like no you're bombarded with it so mm -hmm. i made sure like i i told everyone in my family i was back home recently i'm like turn off your phone alerts like you don't need to be seen because breaking news now doesn't i mean everything's breaking news you get 25 breaking news stories uh, during a day on the on CNN or Wolf Blitzer's breaking news. And it's like, 
Trump tweets, it's like, that's not breaking news, man. Jeez, you know, what are we? So, yeah, it's, uh, I think that uh, when you're away from it, you actually feel better. But when you're not paying attention, then you're not being an engaged citizen. And, and so you won't know what you're supposed to be fighting against, you know? you'll be marching in streets in Minnesota like a jackass if you're not careful, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I heard about this. Was that, were those Trump peeps? Who were those people? Yeah, I, I think they're backed by, they're funded by organizations, right-wing organizations. But, um, but yeah, that's all over the country, man. Florida, the beaches are open. Like, what are we doing, man? Right. Like, what? Yeah, people are, like, yeah. protesting with their cars on the road, blocking ambulances. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, is this the end of days? And then you're like, no, nah, yeah. you know, shit's not that bad. I'm gonna buy some Delta stock and just chill, and then wait for the market to recover. You know, uh, oh. but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fine line. It's like a, it's <laughs> a, it's like, should you be really upset and and bewildered and uh, and like you know, just in in that way, or should you be, well, hey man, you know, politicians are all you know crooked, which they you know they probably are, but. It's wild times, dude, and we're all set. We're stuck, and we're watching it like it's. It's like we're in a zoo, but we're the zoo. Yeah, you know? we're in a reality show. I mean, and that's what we work on, right? <laughs> reality. You work on. I'm a satirist, Chaz. Uh, okay. But yes. <laughs> um, but how do you feel, man? I mean, you're a you're a bit younger than me, a, a little bit younger than Chaz. You know, uh, maybe three, four years younger than I am. Uh, so. <laughs> It's been like a, it's, um, this year doesn't even really seem real. It's just been insane. Um, it's canceled. <laughs> yeah. Um, seeing the des- desperation in people and seeing like kind of how fragile society really is, um, has been sort of a, a wake up call for me. Um, because it really is fucking fragile, man. Like some, a friend of mine just had their, their car stolen outside of their, the front of their house yesterday. Um, oh, I had, wow. I, I had someone get a hold of my bank info this week and uh, decided mm. to go on a, go on a shopping spree at a Sam's Club. Uh, oh, wow! Which you know, I like to think it might have been someone who was like you know fucking desperate and you know trying to feed yeah. their family. That might you know make me feel a little bit better. A, about a friend it. of mine got like an email saying that like I got your password. I got video of you. Oh, I got that oh, same email. You got the same email? Yeah, I did. And it's it was it, it was a partial. It was like an old password I used too, which was even more fucked it, up. It, and he and then he like. And then it happened again. It happened twice. It was Man, like two separate yeah. emails. It was within two days that I got that that uh, that Sam's Club thing. But uh, yeah, I thought it was weird. And then he was like, you know, I got videos of all the disgusting stuff you were doing on that porn website. That's like, exactly oh. what this message said. Uh, I got I got that as well. Uh, I didn't get it. What's funny because I this is the first time my camera's been on tapes. Uh, well, since my last, I guess, conference call that I did. But uh, mm, I tape mine but, too, dude. You know what? I tape mine because Zuckerberg said he did, and I'm like, well, if that dude is taping it, then yeah, <laughs> like obviously he knows a little more than I do about internet security. So, uh, dude, God forbid, I'm picking my nose. I'm with a lady, uh, and the <laughs> things on, and then she's violated as well. Yeah. hours of editing the odds, of, odds of that though are pretty low i'll be honest yeah right. editing, yeah uh yeah it's uh it's wild all around man i've been having long talks on the phone with people reaching out to people i haven't talked to in a long time just to see how they are uh and also try to get a gauge of like where the rest of the country is obviously in los angeles we're kind of in a weird you know uh cocoon in a, in a lot of ways um right so but yeah it's it's like cheech and sean said it's tough all over uh so uh 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I do think though that now it, it hopefully will lead to uh, you know structural societal change. Um, I think so. Yeah, I think employment thing's pretty cool. Like yeah, the, I think if you're yeah, out if you there, get it, extra six hundred bucks a week. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm working thankfully. Yeah, really nice. I I know J- Jason. Yeah, I mean, I've I've, I've luckily got had. Yeah. I've got it. I got the twelve hundred, and then I got the the unemployment. But well, it's also it changes, open, so. it changes the way you think about things too. Because I always, you know, growing up, you think, oh, someone's on food stamps, like, oh, that sucks. Now I'm like, dude, get your money, because the guy that runs the company you work for, he gets his money, and he does not feel bad about it. He gets right. everything that's offered them, tax breaks, payroll uh, tax mm-hmm. cuts. He takes it and does not feel bad about it. So if there's money out there available for you, whether it's food, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, you know, unemployment uh, there, I know the PUA, I think it's called is coming up and on the 28th. So contractors can now get unemployment. Like don't be too proud. Get every mm-hmm. dollar. Cause I got news for you. That's your, you've paid into those programs anyway. Like get your money, take up in this game buy some stocks, wait for it to rebound and get into the real, you know, get up to the top of the, of the club right now. You're, even if you think you're on the top, you're not, you got to just get that cash, do what's right for you. And and then really fight for progressive, like structural change for society. So the guy that is making your burgers can actually, wouldn't it be great if it was like the seventies and you can have a job at a factory and send a kid to college. Like you'd have to have both parents working at that factory at least one, some kind of supervisor. Mm-hmm. And even then you're fucking not buying a boat because you got to send your kid to college. Like let's, yeah. you know, just, and we talk about like distributing the wealth. Let's just make sure that everyone is, is able to live a good life. Like you don't, you don't have to have a huge house. You'd be fine with a two bedroom ranch, but let's make sure that the, you know, that person, if they get sick with cancer, doesn't have to sell everything they have to, to survive. And, and then people are getting furloughed. So then they owe that, money whenever things back like to normal i guess i mean not not everybody but there's a lot of people that still owe that three months of rent you know like well then you get a stimulus check right a stimulus is supposed to stimulate the economy if you got 1200 bucks that you're getting right now and your rent's due and you got bills you're not putting that money into the economy no one's got confidence right now that what i think what's going to happen what they have to kind of do and hopefully this only lasts a couple months, but I mean, the way things are looking today with Florida at the beaches and um, until we test every single person getting on an airplane, we won't really know, I guess, there's no way to stop the spread, right, of, uh, of this unless we're testing everyone. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's going to be wild. It's just, I don't know, man. I hope that uh, cooler heads prevail and but it's not looking great. <laughs> I just saw this meme about uh, like from 1918 when apparently there was a pandemic and the people oh. went out to celebrate this, uh, the winning of World War One, and the the outbreak was twice as bad, twice more deadly the second time around. Oh yeah. Um, and so they, they they had less things to occupy their time too back then. Just think about that. Like, no shit. Like yeah. what were you? What are you supposed to go home and do in 1918? Just read a book and read a book yeah. and jerk off. Beat the hell! Out, you'd beat the hell out of your wife, probably. You could, you know. <laughs> You're probably dead. Any sensible man would. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, man. That's, I saw that as well. That's wild. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a time of uncertainty. I think what uh, is great, uh, not great. Nothing's great about it. But I, th- I hope that also. 
um, artists can kind of, you know, popular artists, let's say, can take time and be like, wow, maybe the things that I, you know, write songs about or, you know, or the persona that I put out is not a healthy one either. Like, let's, let's just have everyone give a shit a little more and have not being like, you know, uh, a solitary kind of jerk be cool. You know, everyone like Twitter, Twitter culture is still everywhere. And it's like, you know, if you were to put like, you know, rest in peace, grandma, you're, you know, on Twitter and you were a famous person, you'd have like, you know, 10 to 15 comments, like your grandma sucks, you know, like that. <laughs> yeah. and people be like, Oh, you're funny. It's like, no, that's just like kind of sad and stupid. You know, it's, it's people that are really sad inside and expressing, you know, outward. But I think if everyone's like, come on, dude, like grow up, if that's our attitude about that stuff from now on, like we got more things to worry about, let's help each other, then it might be better, uh, hopefully in the long run. God, I'm a hippie. Oh my God. <laughs> Talk about work. Well, what I find more and more is, is thankfully it doesn't seem like social media represents as much of like the actual population as it seemed like it does. And I, and I, I, I felt I got that from Bernie because you go anywhere on the internet it seems like everyone in the world is on board with his ideas, what he stands for. And then you oh, see yeah. something like, like Biden getting 80% of all, all people over, over 40. Um, it's like, Oh shit, there's this whole other world that I don't, that I don't get to see every millions of people's thoughts every day to know that most of these people aren't on board or are too scared or are not ready for all this or just, you know, yeah, there's that. And then like the, just the DNC just got all their backing, all their, you know, like Amy Klobuchar and, all them like uh you know kamala they all all backed him so basically you know he got their votes so well it became you know this the story in the media was and i think i mean honestly if you're on social media and that's your world you're gonna think that people on that are you know your world's a good point we get into like these uh they used to call it god it's probably not even politically correct anymore but they used to call them uh social media ghettos like if you were just on youtube if that was your ghetto mm. and you did Echo chambers it. is probably the piece. Kind of that's what they, right? that's what they use in social media. But back in the YouTube like creator days, like they would actually put that like in in copy. I think I received stuff from them where they'd be like, "You need to branch out into other uh, areas." Basically, you have to be on, on Facebook, Instagram, you know, whatever like that. So, um, but uh, the media when they came along and made Biden really a Cinderella story, you know, off uh, over there in Carolina, off the endorsement of the. Uh, uh, senator over there i think it was a clyburn mm-hmm. um that became the cinderella story uh and then you match that with like you know it's no mistake that uh you know polling places were down and uh you know urban centers and you know people are waiting like you know you disenfranchise people you tell them this guy's going to be the winner uh much you, like when like texas the eight, yeah there's the, pol- the, thou- the thousands of polls that were closed in texas and predominantly latino areas on the west side all of them yeah, yeah, it's a kind of, it's a combination of things. And it's hard when you're uh, on the left side of things to like, you know, call out the right for doing it when you see it, you know, done and you know, the media. The MSNBC is basically the DNC. CNN is like a reality TV show that like normalizes the right in a way that's probably even more toxic than Fox News is. Um, but it's all as long as you know what lens you're looking through. But I've seen stuff on like I've seen Casey DC. Like, you know, or what's her name? I forget her, Casey, but her show's KCDC. Um, we'll just call her KCDC. I've seen her, like, call Bernie Sanders gross and, like you know, like, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, like, dude, that's, like, you know, and then you realize, oh, these aren't newscasters. Like, you know, they don't want really to report the news. Rachel Maddow might have a news segment on and go into depth, but she's going to be interviewing 
journalist. She's going to be interviewing someone from the New York Times, Washington Post, or a documentary filmmaker. Um, but really, like, if they actually go on CNN, they'll run news. Like, they'll actually do news stories and segments. And then you'll have, like, a, that, here's Jeannie. She'll come in with a quirky segment, and then they're back to the news. Uh but it's, it's wild. As long as you know what you're looking through, you can kind of understand why. Because those advertisers on MSNBC are the same people giving money to politicians. And it's a whole, you know, it's like, it's a circle of ad. Back when I was at the Daily Egyptian, when I, before I got there, someone Shout out to the SIUC, you know, college newspaper. Really leading the vaccine game right now, Southern Illinois University. In the news. Oh, I just read that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Number one public That's university? Awesome. Um, it's uh well no they they're the first ones to deliver the vaccine in a certain form I think it was so they like they vaccine for what not COVID yeah for COVID or not a not a vaccine a, a test I'm sorry test, not test, test, test. it was like a substance that is involved with the test or something like that yeah I don't know yeah I read to be honest I read the headline and I shared it but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but back then so I worked so you know you work for a small town newspaper we were self funded. But like uh, two years before me, a lady did an expose. She actually went on to become a very popular journalist. Uh, but she did an expose on the local bars and how they're letting in underage kids and serving them. So by the time I started working for the Daily Egyptian, we were having ad struggles because no bar in town would advertise with us, right? Mm -hmm. So when you do stories about these conglomerates or you know whatever your whatever the case may be. Just know that those are the people that are paying for those ads, and the same is true on websites with you know through Google ads and stuff. Um, so you can't really bite the hand that feeds you, and we're kind of everyone else is in the middle watching this. You know, like here's a little bit of the tyranny that happens on the corporate level, but not too much. You know, here's a and if you ever watch those shows, got like it seems like half the commercials are for pharmaceuticals. They're like for pills that you would like. Who has HIV? It's watching how many people can have HIV that are watching your network. And you're doing an HIV pill. Like, what is someone's got? The, there's got to be someone making money here. That you know, is it a fluff like slush fund or what? But uh, not to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but we are in that. Like, that's how this system works. So whenever you're Bernie Sanders or uh, if you're Elizabeth Warren, they hit you over the you know hands. Say, nope, you can't be that. You know, you can't really uh, break down the system. We need it to work because that's how we all make money. Like, don't fuck up our cash. That's how it is. So that's why I'm saying, dude, get your money because they <laughs> do i'm done talking for a while you guys uh no i'm kidding <laughs> you're um, like hey man should we get high i'm like uh yeah uh, i guess uh, well it's hard i got some extra money actually uh, right here i got a, another stimulus check right here uh, <laughs> oh, who's that you guys, you guys zoom in you guys push it in chess <laughs> anyway, that's so yeah. That's uh from a movie we did. That was from the art department from Stephen Hudash. Ooh. Um well don't don't feel bad about talking. Thank you for the content, my brother. Um I appreciate it. Um you know, I, I was I was really I'm glad I'm glad to have you guys on, but I gotta say I'm a little nervous that this might become the unofficial episode four of Kill Your Content. And uh, oh wow oh um, <laughs> uh, dude we're hoping the last episode we're gonna do uh so i don't know if people i'm sure amazon is, is where we get most of use and that's mostly an older crowd and that's kind of why we put it on there too so it's a it's a mockumentary intervention show uh basically i go and tell youtubers they need to stop making videos and start living their lives so uh but it's all mockumentary 
Uh, it's meant to be satire. And then we list it on Amazon. It's listed as, I think it's intervention show colon kill your content. So anyone's searching for intervention and they've watched all the interventions, then they find us. And then about half the people get that it's, well, let's say this 25% think it's real. I know cause they, Either they leave comments like, is this real? Another 25% uh, um, probably know it's fake. And then of the last 50%, people have a pretty good idea that it's fake. And half of them are very mad about the fact that I tr- we try to lie to them. Like not knowing. And we make <laughs> shit like, it, we make it ridiculous enough that we're, you know, we, make, we try to make it obvious that it's not a real thing. But, um, and then also I found <laughs> I had to get less active on Twitter, uh, something that doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter to anyone. So I, but I was getting up there. I was starting to be, uh, um, I don't know, not a contrarian, but I was, you know, I was doing some tweets and some retweets and getting some pub out of it. And I pissed off the wrong people and they went on Amazon and voted down our series. <laughs> 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 and some of the comments I got removed because they had like vulgarity, but the ones that didn't, I couldn't do anything about it. So, but the ones were like, F you, you piece of S's. Um, I don't think you can swear. Should we swear? No, let's keep oh, it. Oh, dude, I've been, I'm saying fuck. I've said fuck at least three times. Fuck, okay. yeah. I think okay. so. Well, they were saying, fuck <laughs> you, you fucking shits. Uh, those we got yanked, but the other ones stuck. So I had to, I had to reach out to people like, hey, do you have Amazon Prime? Can you give me a couple <laughs> of thoughts? <laughs> hey, we're getting in people's emotions. That's good. You know, we're getting but, in there. Uh, yeah, so we, we do it. It's uh, And we explore. We did it, I think. Um, well, I don't know how the idea came about. We kind of did it pretty quick, I think, the first one. What we were going to do, oh, we were going to do it as a sizzle reel for a series. I was never going to be really the host. It was just to have someone host it for the sizzle reel. Um, and then I was like, well, if we're going to shoot the, maybe it was Chad's like, if we're going to shoot the sizzle reel and be at the locations, let's just shoot the entire episode. Otherwise, you know, we're, um, we're dumb. So then we did that. Uh, we had it done. I shot it around. No one wanted it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and I don't even know if people are like, oh, you're sending me the actual pilot. Like, oh, huh. God. Um, what was it, was I, it just the first episode? Or was it? Yeah, it was. The, yeah. It was. Yeah, just it was the the one with the dancer. So and mm-hmm. also that one was good for you. Derek Spice. Derek two, Spice. One, two one three. Uh, that, <laughs> that was good for YouTube too because there was a lot of bad dancer videos or like you know. Um, so it was a good way to, for keywords to lot to latch onto that. But so we did it. It was a lot of fun. Our friends that worked in comedy loved it. They got it. You know that it was all improv and stuff. Uh, um, so yeah, then we we're going to do a few more. We did, we've done three episodes so far, but then we did this movie. So we kind of put it on pause, but our last one was always going to be everyone. I've, cause the, one of the things we explore is hypocrisy. Like, obviously I'm not a super great host and here I am telling other people to stop their art, you know, like it's, it's uh, <laughs> so that's another thing we liked about it, but they were all going to come back either that or one of them was going to murder, like, you know, plot to murder me and you see it. <laughs> point of view <laughs> so that was always going to be the last episode and then we had another idea too. drama drama <laughs> and we I, if we still depending on if the movie bombs we'll go back to doing this so uh so we'll see i don't think it's going to but if it does uh but we i found this old man that plays the xylophones in like idaho and he's amazing like his videos are well shot it's just an old dude playing xylophones and he gets like 100 views so my idea was i was going to go there talk to his family and then through the episodes, you realize how great this dude is. And everyone would be like, no, don't quit doing it. And it would like work as a way to advertise for this guy who was, uh, 
I thought really talented. I still watch his videos, but like I posted it on my Reddit and they did okay. But but I think it's there's just something about the way he shoots it. It's all magical in the frame weight, the uh-huh. rate, the way it all lines up. Uh, so I'm like, here we can actually use it to benefit if someone makes it through like you know four or five episodes uh, that we can uh, like showcase this guy. Use it as a good thing, a tool to to blow up this old man that no one really knows about, but. You know, his family would be like, what do you mean tell him to stop? He enjoys it. Like, why would he stop? I'm like, because it's not healthy for him, you know? Like, uh-huh. and you see, so you see how ludicrous we were, too, even telling people, you know, what to do with their, with their content. So well, we, dude, we I, thought, a- I thought it was a great idea. I, I enjoyed it. I, I watched him. Um, nice. Yeah, I, it's, I think it's- if I had to, like, categorize it or, or explain it, I think there's, like, a half of it, there's an aspect where it could have totally been, like, uh, a mid two thousand like MTV show where you know you look you find someone on the internet, um, or the <laughs> or the other half like a TLC intervention show. And dude, I'm saying episode two in particular. I think that entire concept you could you could build a series on itself is parents with their kids. In especially children. now, especially now, like everybody's locked in. You know, and they're making videos because they're bored. Right. You know, like yeah, uh, like, uh, yeah. That was there was so much cool stuff with that video. Um, if we, oh. had, if we, all right, sorry, yeah. I, I do have a question about that. Okay, I might, I'll try. I might answer, but like, so uh, the video, the uh, second episode is about a dad who wants his son to be a star, obviously. So he's lived, making his son, but it's, he's making him do all this like dangerous stuff. Uh, kind of inspired by those two terrible parents. The terrible, you know, just the idea of having. Uh, like a, a dad that just pushed his kid too far into this YouTube thing. Um, so what we had was our buddy Eddie Pence, his real life son uh, had a video where he got hit in the chest with a baseball and it went on like all, you know, all the different uh, websites like Barstool Sports oh, and all that kind of stuff. That was real. Okay. That was a real video. So what we wow. did was, so we have that kind con- so here's how it starts. We have that content and Eddie, by the way, is a great community. He's got a special coming out soon. We work together on our dads and park stuff together, uh, and his him and his son are in our movie. So, um, so he's he's a great dude. He does a lot of he does a podcast all called Swings and Misses, uh, and he works with Ralph Garman. Does some great stuff. So Eddie Pence Ooh, loves me some Ralph Garman. Yeah, he's the dude. Ralph's great. He's uh, I've worked with him. Uh, I guess one time but he was, he was great that one time really <laughs> yeah yeah he accepted my friend request so he can't be that bad at, you know that's that's a lot for me and my book yeah. so uh um, k-rock yeah I right. say. yeah um <laughs> but so we have that footage then we have footage of uh eddie's son Karate, dancing. right uh, oh yeah we had the he gets he gets slammed in, in uh, uh judo i think it was or judo okay um so he gets like hip tossed uh, or jiu-jitsu one of the two uh, so we have that photo footage of his son also failing. And that's like, you know, just him. This is just Eddie being a dad and recording his son. It's not mm-hmm. like this stuff just happened on camera. Um, and then we have him when he met the kid, met Dick Van Dyke. Uh, his son's name's Colton. Uh, he did a dance for him. So we have that footage. And that footage was actually used in an HBO documentary about Dick Van Dyke, but from their cameras. So we figure they're not going to come after us if they didn't ask permission, you know, for those. So we'll just use uh, his cell phone. Got you. Okay. My, my, so, my, my question, my burning question was how much that Dick Van Dyke release was. Ah, uh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's also, uh, it's definitely under fair use as well because it's in a montage and stuff and it's, you know, it's a part of a larger yeah. thing. And I made it sure. Sounds like change, accurate legal jargon. Yeah. I changed, I changed like, well, I color corrected it one, which is like probably enough. Uh, 
as far as I know, or was the last time I listened to someone talk about this stuff. And I changed the uh, aspect ratio of it, so we're covered. Um, yeah. so we also we had, saw we, we saw Dick Van Dyke at the Bernie rally too. He's a oh Bernie. yeah, yeah. Way yeah. to bring it back, Chaz. Yeah. Um, so we had, on onto the show. <laughs> so we have we have that real footage to use, right? So we basically so we built a story, kind of their backstory around that, and then just had Eddie play this really you know crazy dad who wants his son to be famous because he never was and he always wanted to be. And we even say that pretty on the nose in the in the episode where he's like, you know, he's living out or I'm living out my dreams through him. He says it like in a very nice, like, you know, like he thinks it's mm-hmm. something good. <laughs> uh, so that was a great, so that worked out well. Uh, and I've been even thought about moving that up to number one. It's like just on like Amazon and stuff or playlists. So people would watch that one first. Cause there is a lot of crazy happy accidents. Bro, I'm, I'm, I'm saying if it's been a couple of years, if you're going to reach, you could reach, you should reshop and go with that uh-huh. one. Oh, see, man. TV, well, dude, TV is crazy right now because, like, I, it's uh, yeah. Who knows, man? Uh, it's be high demand for content. I think after all this is over, yeah, possibly. You know, because well, especially, I'm sure well, stuff especially like if the stuff too. doesn't end. Yeah, yeah. It keeps going on. Like the fucking Tiger King was a, was a Zoom show. The Tiger King recap. Yeah. But yeah. how long could they go with this? They'll find ways. Yeah. Well, it's I, funny. Well, I'll tell you this much, dude. The reason we made this movie was because TV was such a pain in the ass. Like, and oh, I got movie. mad respe- respect for everyone. That, but I, I pitched a lot. Uh, some have gone like so great. Like we were like a little like high fiving each other. You know, we're grabbing each other's fucking dicks and like, where to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it just hasn't. It didn't work out. <laughs> Chaz, you weren't there for those, but uh, no. But you know what I mean. Like we're, I'm like, I'm like walking like a Todd Phillips movie. It's like slow motion cuts of us Ooh. walking down the street. You know, like man, we really did it, didn't we? And that happened like ten times. Uh, so then I stopped caring as much, and this pitch it still went okay. But but with TV, you spend so much time working on like a pitch deck, a sizzle reel, you know, trying to get people attached to stuff. And with the movie, dude, like we shot it. And like you know, baseball, real most time. Of no, was, most of November, right? It was yeah, but with, but with two weeks in November missing because we had yeah. our bass player was in India, so we shot yeah. like around there. But but we a movie's done. A movie I'm cutting it right now. It's going to be a finished movie, and then we can sell that. Whereas if it was TV, if I sold if we would have sold the show last November, uh, we'd be in development until this November, and then who knows if we'd ever see the air? You know, like a movie is like kinetic. I'm not getting any younger, you know, I'm, you know, just was 28, not too long ago. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> me and Chaz had a running joke in the movie. That's not going to make the movie where I'm like, guys, I'm 28. And I say that, you know, so much that, you know, it's not true. Uh, <laughs> so, but, so you're in the, you're both in the movie. Uh, no, I'm in the movie. Chaz is not Chaz directed it. He's the director of the film. Believe working, it or not, <clears throat> working cameras, sound, you know. Well, I had help. I mean, Chuck, Chuck McCarthy, you know. We had the people walker. This is yeah. this is how this is our crew. Uh, it's Chaz, the director, cinematographer, um, gaffer, grip. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck McCarthy, uh, the people walker, name drop, uh, B cam, and that's that. <laughs> uh, and then yours truly as the Tom Hanks style actor director actor producer. Uh, writer, if this is that thing you do, just saying he might have directed that once you never mind, but uh, but yeah, so let's we'll just talk about it. I'll pitch it because Chaz uh doesn't want to, but uh, yeah, the get lost, the get lost losers, 
is a rocky oh, you're it's pitching a, the movie right now hold on i'm just i'm giving you the log line i'm just giving hold you the on. elevator <laughs> keep going keep going get the get lost losers is a mockumentary rockumentary um about a hollywood band with one more chance to make it big like a spinal tap type type of deal spinal tap with a little more heart probably um i like, that. And, I like some heart and we need some heart got, nowadays yeah, it's this. Uh, there's a lot. Like I, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, but it's definitely the, in the in the band we have uh, Anthony Marks, who is a great guitar player. He plays the lead guitar player. Uh, the genesis of it was kind of Anthony was like, I want to do more acting. He's a you know plays in a lot of bands. He's a studio musician. Uh, he's like, let's make a short film. And I'm like, dude, I'm not short films. What are you talking about? Like, let's go. We're making movies now. Uh, he's like, all right, so using him as he, I mean, he's a great guitar player in the film. Like he goes from acting and being comedic to like f- playing ridiculous guitar. He's like, so I got, that's what producers do. We get the best out of people. Uh, so we got, we got him being him in the movie, which is great. Uh, then we have our drummer, Christoph, uh, who's a dope drummer, uh, and our bassist, uh, Orly, uh, who's a dope bassist and also a DJ. Um, but we basically, we kind of did some that, you know, we reached out to people, found people that were interested or actors Christoph's a sag actor actually but in this he's playing himself with like no lines so it's a little uh, no we, contract no uh no, no, no but save so that, here's a, that money man there's well, contracts there's, con- <laughs> there's contracts for sure but what we did was uh everyone we wouldn't that's basically saying listen we're gonna shoot this in a few weeks everyone has roughly seven or eight days of actual probably came out to about nine or ten when it was all done so like 10 days of shooting and like half of those are group shots. The rest, like we did individual days for everyone's actual storyline. So we knock out everyone, like the actual acting, non-music stuff's a day or, or two half days. Um, and we're, we made the contract. So if we sell this thing and it does well, everyone does very well. Uh, so that's kind of the idea. We did a little um, creative uh, socialism, you might want to call it, but uh, we're like, we're all in this together. We also have separate uh, deals for the uh, record uh, or the album when we do one, uh, but we're not, everyone wants to cut the album now. Like we got to finish the movie first. That's what we have to do. Yeah. And then also the same deal, Chaz is attached and Chuck, our producers for our stage show. It's also like an interactive theater thing. Um, So um, it's a lot of weird shit, but first and foremost, it's a movie. Those other things don't exist unless the movie does well. So we're trying to finish that. I'm trying to, in quarantine, finish that right now. I sent Chaz kind of iPhone. I sent him iPhone videos on my screen so he can watch the the dailies and stuff. I just sent him like an emoji of the thumbs up. And that's about it, really. So <laughs> they don't care. They don't care at all. No, like, I, hey, I mean, I give notes. I mean, I do what I can. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're cutting it right now, but it's, uh, I can give you, I'll give you a little bit of story just to have an idea of the concept. Uh, so the band's been together for a long time. Uh, the drummer's got a nine to five job. The bass player's also a DJ. The guitar player has a solo career. Everyone kind of has one foot out. Uh, and we get into this big, uh, um, Hollywood artist showcase it's called where like, you know, Everclear got signed, Puddle of Mud got signed there. It's like this big showcase, uh, for Hollywood bands. So that's pretty much the, the basic plot of the movie. Is that a real uh, showcase? Uh, oh yeah. I mean, if you watch the movie, it will be, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, no, we made it up, but, uh, there are definitely, there's thing kind of weird things like that I've mm-hmm. heard of, but, uh, but like having a label showcase, you know, mm-hmm. you know, but this is a kind of different, it's, yeah, I, I just watched it. Freaky Friday yesterday. They, they had a showcase in that at the house. Did they? 
There you go. So yeah, so you'll get stuff like that. This one is like the creme de la creme of, of one, but uh, um, so, and then our manager, um, I have a, my kind of storyline or my, it, it's kind of, yeah, I guess it's my, I don't want to give too much away. But anyways, I have a, I have a girlfriend and her son is 10 years old and he's the manager of the band. Uh, so, uh, so there's a lot of stake. Let's just say there's a lot that, you know, if things fall apart, it's going to get bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of different locations too that we shot at, uh, and also other, you know, other characters and stuff. Yeah, we shot. So what we did was we shot, uh, the week before Thanksgiving, we did like three shows, uh, in a week and then filmed them. We played like the hotel cafe. Um, just to clarify for our audience, you guys are actually a band playing music live. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. I'm, um, I'm singing. Yeah. I wrote impressive, impressive as fuck. Yeah, so if you if it's you good. it sounds good too. You guys yeah, nice sound. I like we've it. been like we've been kind of leaking stuff out uh on the just on the social media and just like some daily stuff. We actually what I'll do is if I cut something, I'll like take a little video of it and like maybe put it on social media because I know no one will ever see it again. It's a joke that we you know spent time on. So I'll be like, goodbye, little joke. Here, here's a Instagram clip. Uh you're you know, we're not gonna use you. Um but it's it's been going super great. Before quarantine, Chaz was coming over, helping me out for extended periods of time. But <laughs> since then, uh, I'm pretty much on my own. But um, I'll be back soon. <laughs> yeah. So we so we would so we'd go out to these bars and we'd play, and like we uh, like the audience didn't like you know usually wasn't they just thought like another band was playing. Well, let's, yeah. So let's explain. Yeah. So let's we'll explain what happens. So the band starts off. I have a terrible attitude. I'm probably the worst front man i berate my bandmates i'm terrible the audience hates me off the bat like i said we were you know come on bro so it's all but it's <laughs> but it's it's satire man it's all shtick you know i'm trying to mm-hmm. I'm try, trying to help people through you know it, my arms get tired holding this mirror you know and i mean to society <laughs> um but um so and then at our, at our live shows my ex-girlfriend shows up she and i so we have a thing that goes on we have a roadie that's a character but basically things just kind of spiral downhill until the band breaks up on stage. And then I have a full on breakdown, you know, like a conniption. Um, and, and, the, and the audience is just yelling at you, you know? Yeah. They're like, like you're terrible. Just... <laughs> like I, at one point I'm, I tell the audience, I like, clap a beat so I can freestyle a song about how I hate this band and they're worthless. And, uh, and they're like, don't clap for him. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, getting audience shots and, you know, just getting yeah. all the, you know, moments and, so we, so we did, uh, um, we, we do that. And then I have to basically beg everyone to come back on stage, you know, one by one, I apologize to them. They come back on stage and we finish the show, you know, better than when we started is the idea. So it takes the audience on this journey. Um, and we ended up like some of the shows we did were kind of, uh, the way we had things played out, they really, we had to adjust kind of on the fly because of locations and stuff and, um, different bars had different rules about filming, um, but we basically would go there, do that part. Sometimes we would change the show depending on what we needed to capture film wise, filming wise. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the audience, the people that got it, like were like, especially the bartenders, like they got it. But I'd say the audience, especially we did a hotel cafe show, uh, side stage, um, or second stage, <laughs> call it. um, which is a bit too. He's like, I'm like, here we are at the main stage of the hotel cafe. And my guitar player is like, it's a second stage. And I was like, God damn it. You know, and I, um, <laughs> but there's always in the hotel cafe, there's always spillover. Cause you know, there's a show, there's like a show every hour, every 45 minutes. So we had so like this like surf rock band was there and all their crowd was a lot older 
Um, and they, <laughs> and they were there. And we also had two openers. One is this like goth emo guy, uh, that plays like suicide emo. Um, and he's and that, in, that really the, freaked everybody out. Yeah. Uh, that, like, from, people, the, from the start. <laughs> people, they walked out and he, like, there was a point he had a song called, I want to end myself in front of you. And people walked out, not knowing that at that point, I couldn't blame them. We didn't tell them it was not, you know, real. Um, and then our buddy Felipe came on as like a Latino heartthrob and he played like uh, the song that's like, this is a song dedicated to my sister when she lost her best friend. Her best friend was a duck. It was a rubber duck. The duck song. Yeah. So like, yeah. And people were like, what the? And then we come out and we're just like, you know, we kind of rock. Um, so it, but um, those characters, like the, the emo guy comes back into the show later. So it's all kind of an interactive kind of, that's why we thought it'd make a good kind of dinner or Vegas, Vegas experience. Um, we would find the guy who's like last on Rock of Ages and be like, dude, come be in this band. Uh, like, like dinner theater, right? Yeah, you go there and like, we used to do this kind of thing at the club I worked at back in the day. We had uh, our buddy Jack, also from SIU, we worked at a club called Cinespace and like Dennis Quaid would come in, DQ and the Sharks, name drop. Uh, <laughs> and you come in, you'd buy like a $50 dinner. They'd move out all the time tables and he would come out with the band and play. It was like him and his high school buddies. So like that kind of thing or like a Circus Soleil, I'm sure they are, you know, medieval times, all these places you think, you know, it's also a promotion. What we're doing is to sell food and drinks to people. Right. So um, if you can go and see a two hour show uh, that has good music and then also these like, you know, uh, uh, theater elements to it, I think. And then I think by then that it would be that it'd be like you'd market as like the get lost losers, the worst band in Vegas or whatever like that, you know, <laughs> something like, so people know it's like, there's a restaurant in Chicago called Ed DeBevick's where all the waiters, uh, ha- and waitresses have kind of a shtick, like they're assholes or they're really bad at their job. Like they all have something they do or like they think they're too cool. But like when you go there and you don't know that, like there's some, you know, someone from Tennessee comes up that, you know, 57 and they, and they go there and they're like, what the hell? These people are assholes. And they don't know that's like a <laughs> shtick, you know? <laughs> or that like was the place a, where they throw rolls at you. Yeah, yeah. Dick's Last Resort. How the fuck are they throwing food in there? Yeah. There yeah. was a heckler whenever the band broke up at that at Brennan's. You had a big heckler. Yeah. That, uh, I think the, the drucker they are, you know, obviously they're going to be loud. Yeah, he was, so the band but, walks off stage and I'm like, I'm like, it's, uh, I say, I basically, I, there's a point in the show where I start turning on the audience too, because they're already turning on me and I'm like, you're stupid. I hate you. And I'm freaking <laughs> out. And so are you guys guy, pausing the show and like doing takes of this? And Ch- Chaz, are you like, no, we, like, yeah, tell him Chaz. Well, we, we kind of like, uh, each venue that we played, uh, we kind of run through the whole, whole like song list and the whole like breakup all that and then we use certain sections of that at each venue to cut into the song basically so, so yeah, we need we, we need to get run one camera the whole time oh no we had multiple, no, multiple no. cameras yeah, yeah we had uh a and b well, a and b yeah and we had a go uh, a gopro on the drums oh, and nice. then uh nice. when i had a chance i i was able to like set up LED lights uh, around the bar and stuff and put and gels and wow. what kind of the, was it just you three? Uh, we had yeah. some help here and there, but for the most part, yeah, we also, here's what we do. We would, we knew what we needed to get, which song. So we'd do a sound check of those two songs, uh-huh. form those two songs. And then we oh, an get en- that, get that coverage of it. And then we do an encore, like a half, you know, later on, like, Hey guys, we just want to practice these tunes. And then we'd shoot it again. So we'd have those two songs, uh, three different times each. Nice. Um, and, then and, then, actually, and then we also had the like the H6, the audio recorder. We had to set up audio too beforehand. And yeah, we recorded it as if we were going to use the audio just in case, and it actually came out pretty well. So I'm not sure. 
maybe for our initial uh, festival push, we won't, you know, remaster the tracks or maybe uh, record studio versions of it. Because that also kind of, it affects the tone in a way, you know, when you're having that, uh, when you have a kind of a studio sound with that, you know, it kind of makes it a little more, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it just makes it a little different than uh, we maybe first saw it the first time. But, but yeah, we did, uh, we would shoot coverage that way. And we also, those guys knew the songs and they knew when the solos were, they knew when the drum breaks were. So after we did, you know, my take, uh, or my, you know, do a close up, maybe, um, it always a good, I, I always like going first. Cause if I start getting sweaty, then, you know, obviously we don't want to use those takes. Uh, but yeah, it worked out great. The plan actually, that part was actually the part we were most worried about. And it worked out probably the best, uh, you know, all that live stuff and the stuff, the footage looks great. It's weird. Uh, some parts and, uh, Chaz did a great job with lighting and stuff. Um, and then the thing we we didn't know the real wild card was how everyone was going to react. Um, so the fact that we lost oh, the man, I just lost Chaz. The fact that people really did turn on me so well was the best thing that could have happened for us there too. So it worked out. It worked out well. But Chaz did a great job. While he's not here, I'll talk about him. <laughs> did a great job under a lot of pressure, constant harassment from me. Um, did you guys rent out these big big venues and then put on put this on yourselves? No, because it was the week before Thanksgiving, so no one, there was nothing going on. So they just wanted bands to come play. So we would go there. We used a lot of times that, uh -huh. almost every time, the house PA. So we'd go there. Uh, and yeah, are you getting on the like, shows. are you guys both all just man in the doors and handing out releases the whole time? Uh, no, because, uh, well, one, because it's a documentary. Um, I think we're, we're pretty safe uh mm -hmm. there and we don't really feature anyone in the crowd no one's really discernible and also it's super dark in all the bars so you really can't see anyone anyway the only time you can really see people is in our our final kind of showcasing and those are people we know so we're covering on uh on that side but uh yeah we had some really good bits too with people walking in and kind of riffing with them that we couldn't use because it just didn't we didn't have time for it really anyway but and also i didn't i wasn't about to track down someone that it was at the you know brennan's pub on november 20 <laughs> oh shit dude <laughs> but uh but we knew that too like whenever that stuff happened it was the, the drunk guy chad was talking about was like he's like what do you expect you're being a dick to everyone and i was like trying like intervene like trying to like save me from my own assholeness uh, it was kind of sweet that's nice of him um but yeah so that kind of stuff to the, the stuff that we weren't sure about uh worked out pretty well and the stuff that we were most worried about was was cool too so after that uh, there's a bunch of fights in the movie. Uh, so that was another, that was pretty much, that was maybe third, keeping everyone safe. It's basically me and the guitar player fighting, but uh, that Did you guys fun. like outline or at least like the broad strokes of what you want to do every every time? Or did you see yeah, stuff no, out? No, yeah, there's a definite structure. There's also, there's like, there's uh, seven. Easy back. Oh, no. not, yeah, he's just texting me. There's like, uh, there's seven songs we perform in the movie. Um and then there's also, you know, like there's a couple of interludes that are also recorded live. And then, um, but there's, so there's a lot of original music and it all, it flows within the narrative about the story. So there's a definite, it's got an old Hollywood kind of format, like three act structure to it. Um, that's what I think like a lot of documentaries, um, which, you know, documentaries are tough thing. real documentaries are hard because it's hard to kind of structure something, whether it's five, three act or five act when you're just dealing with, with what's happening, you know, if, you're, if it's historical, maybe you can move stuff around or who knows if you even want to do that. But with this, yeah, we had a, we had a 15 page outline I wrote, um, kind of bullet points. And then it's, it's what we do for a lot of stuff. Uh, it's like, you know what you're going to say, but you don't need me to write down how you're going to say it. 
you know? So mm-hmm. if it's, if it's a scene where, you know, the, our manager is trying to convince me to write a love song, we'll, you know, we kind of, we'll talk about it before we'll run, we'll probably shoot the rehearsal just cause we're just kind of shooting every, why not? We're not, we're not using film stock. So we'll shoot that. We'll run through it. Parts that we like, we'll, you know, not worry about as much. And then we'll reshoot parts that didn't work or maybe that uh, we have, maybe there's a sound issue or something. So kind of run stuff like that, but we know what the objective is each scene. Um, and we shot, I think five extra kind of, uh, floating stuff that were like kind of more jokes that could work, but that uh-huh. we ended up, I think using three of those or still maybe, uh, maybe three, but, but we know structure wise what we're going into. It's just that when it's done, whatever's funniest and works within that scene structure. And then the overall kind of narrative of the film, whatever's best for it's going to win. It's not always the funniest thing, unfortunately, because sometimes those things take too long. Um, and you got to say goodbye to your babies, um, your lovelies, wherever that saying is. But, but for the most part, we, you know, yeah, almost everything we know what's going on. The audience stuff was, you know, even, even out of that, what the, you know, the back and forth of the audience, we might keep 25 seconds of that, you know, altogether, like not a ton. We got to mm-hmm. get the, what we got to do out in the scene. So, um, but yeah, dude, it was a real, like, you know, uh, it was a pretty crazy. Um, and also the idea too was that it would help elevate everyone in it because everyone's playing themselves. Everyone, you know, we're mm-hmm. all being ourselves and, and like doing, you know, uh, everyone's got their own name. So, and we're all real musicians and, and I'm not a real musician, but they are. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, the, our, everyone from like, you know, everyone that played every single role in it, our manager was great. He's 10 years old in real life. Uh, it's not like a Webster kid type thing. You know, he's like, um, but dude, it was like, you know, everyone knocks it out of the park. We shut it. And also, I think one of the things we do is like we shot clear content. Those are all four hour shoots. Like we shoot those in one location, knock them out fast. But if you're going so fast that you don't have time to think, you know, you're not, not that you don't have time to think, but you don't get in your own head as much, you know, um, you kind of just do it. And it kind of just goes. So you're not like, you know, whenever I, you know, the old, what's the old actor thing that, you know, they, they can, you can do comedy drama well, but, when it comes to like basic stuff, they're like, pass the salt. You know, like they, they don't know. How to it. It's hard to just be, you know, but if you're just like, mm-hmm. all right, walk in and then you're mad at him. It's too late. She'd be in bed right now. And then I'm a loser. I'm never going to amount to anything. You know, let's go. Boom. And we just run that. They're going to find a way to say it better than I can write it. You know, like they're, it's true to them. So I'm not one of those writers who's like, Oh, every word is like, sometimes I can't, well, if it's like a spec, something like, you know, like that, maybe, but, if, you know, whatever is going to, when you go into, when you go to the, into the cage, whatever is the funniest, whatever is the best has to win. That's how, you know, like each scene, it's like, you know, what I think we talked about this on set, but when sharks are pregnant, there's like, you know, could be as much as like six different sharks from three different males inside. And by the really? end of the, yeah. And then by the end of the pregnancy, uh, the sharks of one of the males eats the other sharks. So not that there's just one left, but it's like there's two from a certain shark. It'll the strongest sharks are the ones to get born. Even in the womb, they're like <laughs> they're fucking. So I'm like I'm like, dude, we're shark babies. We're going in here. What is the best? No hard feelings. You know which bits worked, which ones didn't, and let's make the best movie we can. But also let's not turn this into a two hour long, you know, moderate laugh fest. We want to keep it punchy and keep the story going and. Uh, yeah, just, I'm really, uh, yeah, I'm super pleased with everyone. I think I was pretty cool the whole time. So, well, maybe if Chaz ever comes back, he'll answer that question, but, but it was super intense, super fun. 
and like, yeah, I got to be the lead singer of a band for, you know, a couple of weeks in, in Hollywood. I got, we got to like play stages at Nirvana and Jimi Hendrix played. And I'm like, you know, singing a song about for the chicks that like fat guys, you know, it's not, uh, it was pretty surreal. So, um, Jesus, dude, that's incredible. That's, oh, there, there's the man himself. Thank God. Come on back. Um, so anyway, did you, write the, did you write the songs? Uh, I did, yeah. So uh, well, we did, and we actually shot the songwriting process. We didn't. We're not going to use any of. Well, we might uh-huh. use some for a flashback uh, sequence, but uh, I have a shorter beard. In the movie, I have a long. I grew my beard out for I don't know how long, but it was the longer it's, it's ever been. Kind of the other, other than that, I'm not, really, I'm not really rock and roll. Uh, so I had to grow a big ass beard to kind of look the part in a way, um, and also be like a total like a vain kind of self-involved person i couldn't i didn't want to have long hair my head's too big it makes me look like i'm you know ridiculous like a lion but the beard can go down and it was fine so so yeah we we uh we shot that but we wrote yeah we wrote all the tunes like in probably i don't know when we started maybe september when did we have that first shoot Chaz? when was that shoot against the, right where i'm sitting right here where was that shoot when was that was that in like early fall we shot the movie in November. But then, no, but the jamming sequence when we were just Yeah, jamming. yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, how early. Oh, you're talking out loud? It's a podcast, Chaz. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I, I, I can't remember. I don't know, like, what the date is, but. It was pretty early. We, we wrote them. Anthony, I just sing a melody. Anthony plays it on a guitar. We work on it. We take those record. We record it. Take those recordings home and kind of see what we like and don't like. And then if we get a, a good lock on the song structure, then I'll write the rest of the words. So we wrote one. And actually, the second song in the movie was one that was an accident, and we recorded it live. And that, that part's going to be in the movie because it happened. Uh, but, like, we were done playing together. Like, we were acting like we were fed up, but we were also kind of really fed up with each other, I think, too. Um, and he started playing this riff, and, it, and I started talking about, like, people that shopped at Walmart and Kmart and Target and all this stuff. And it became the song called Your Whole Family's Trash, uh, which is which is on the album. It's nothing like what you hear there except for yeah. the chorus. The families like, love that in the crowd. They loved it. Yeah. No, we, we yeah. always say, um, um, you don't like your family and we think they're garbage. This song's called Your Whole Family's Trash. Um, and, and in the live show, we dedicated it to the people that are on their phones during the show because we want your undivided attention. So we... And we had Shed, yeah. Our roadie goes around with a plastic bag and tries to collect all the phones. And then once yeah, they, I hate that about shows. Yeah. Well, once they, re- <laughs> once they reject him, then we dedicate the song to all the people out there. So we, yeah, we're just constantly, um, but yeah, that was actually a super like real organic, like songwriting thing. The rest of it, we kind of, ha- I kind of had the idea for the tunes. Um, we have a song called solid lover, which is for women that like meteor men, um, which is a lot of fun. We got one called automation is going to kill you which is a little political. Um, Ooh, some political music. I like yeah. it. Like system of a down. <laughs> yeah, well, what was the, yeah. trying to think of a line that's in it. Uh, oh, it's auto driver, changing lanes, autopilot, crashing planes. There is no danger in the stranger. You stupid motherfuckers. Automation is going to kill you. Uh, and it's like, uh, Damn, gonna, that should be Andrew, Andrew Yang 20. I'm telling you. Well, <laughs> hey, yeah. he's, he's going to get that's a tweet. Theme song. I like Yang. I like Yang. What it, the, our favorite well it's not too, that's like not our super funny song it's more of a it's kind of a filmier part of the movie but um there's a line that says gonna steal your money and destroy your world metal man in the drawer already stole your girl which i was pretty proud of i just want to throw that out there it's about a, it's about a vibrator if you guys picked Ooh. up on that. metal man in the drawer come on killing it 
killing it. And we also had time to, you know, you guys had time to get the songs down because we had that practice space available. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, had, we had a practice space in Hollywood. Yeah, the oh, cave. No. We, uh, it's. I think. I, I think that's when G. Well, that's where G and R used to practice. Anthony has had this room for like ten years. So we all of our practice, like you know, it's really hard. Think about where you're gonna go in LA if you want to jam all the time. But there's this really, there's this like little secret room on Hollywood Boulevard, this little unassuming door, and you go up there, and there's like all these recording uh, studios. So he has, he's had one for ten years. So we were able to use that and actually shoot in there for a good amount of the movie because <laughs> the movie's yeah. the movie's about. I shouldn't. The movie's uh, in addition to us playing this live show. Our manager tells us you've got to write new songs, so these old songs are not cutting it. So what you're seeing throughout the movie is our songwriting process and us trying to write these new songs while also, you know, going down this terrible, uh, this terrible, to this terrible dark place in the band's yeah. history. So, uh, so yeah, so, uh, yeah, I was telling Chaz before about how you were crying a lot on set and how we had to like have tissues for you. <laughs> I never shed a tear. Never shed a tear. <laughs> it was stressful at times, but you know, that if you're going to run and gun, it's going to be like that, but the, you know, it's worth it. Yeah. Did you guys, uh, how much equipment did, did you guys like have your own cameras and all in, uh, like sound genie stuff yourself or did you do rentals or? Yeah. I, uh, I actually, I, I know a guy that, uh, he has a truck at Desmond's. It's like a, uh, I guess a parking, uh, storage place for like genie trucks and it's by the, like the airport in Burbank. So he let me use, uh, like equipment for free. So, you know, our right budget on. wasn't really that big, uh, you know, we had, we had a couple cameras and then uh, a, a recorder, and that was it. We just loaded in and we, you know, just did it. <laughs> so. yeah, I love it, man. I love that. Yeah, we uh, we we also were like, you know, when you produce a film, like what what I've been doing, I don't do it often. Uh, but when I work on other people's stuff, that's narrative. Like I find myself cashing in a lot of favors for people, like for a job that's going to last a month or two. And we were like, dude, this time around, fuck it. Let's get that money and let's <laughs> cash in these favors for our benefit. You know, like, let's say, hey, guys, uh, can, we, can we get this space here? And we got some, like, good deals uh, because it was also the slow time. Like, the bars were like, yeah, no one's playing. It's like, the, you know, we played, we played a Black Wednesday show. Uh, or I guess not. it's not called Black Wednesday. It's, well, it's, uh, we had a... We had a uh, um, Thanksgiving Eve show, then there was Thanksgiving, and then we played a Black Friday show, a happy hour show, which was also super fun because by that point, we, we had, this is, dude, tell me how weird this sounds and if you think it's cool. I'm not sure if it is, but it was, and if, I'll see if I can tell you how it happened the right way. But we played like a deconstructed show where we told everyone that we had a shtick and that we really, you know, weren't like that, but then we just did our shtick. So like they thought that we were having a real fight while we were explaining what the show was like, so the whole time we were like, here's the part of the show where we would break up, but like, you know, I don't have the energy for it anymore. Cause I can't, it takes too much for me to, to ten, pretend to be mad when I'm this fucking pissed off at you. And he's like, we, we put another layer of bullshit on top of the bullshit. <laughs> so we calmed everybody down and then yeah. we like raised those. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, this is not a joke. You know, like we did that whole thing for 45 <laughs> minutes. Uh, and it was like, um, and then I told everyone, because Anthony thought that he had like, uh, I forget what he said. He said he had like Lyme disease or something. 
and he was being serious about it. I'm like, yeah, you really got Lyme disease, Anthony, you fuck. And I was like, <laughs> but like, that was like, he did think he had at the time. He was just vitamin D deficient. I don't know what the fuck, what it was, but, uh, but dude, that was like our craziest show because we told everyone it was fake. And then we just acted like, I just acted like a bigger asshole. Um, <laughs> so it was a lot of fun, but yeah, that was, uh, that was a cool, that was a, yeah. So we, yeah, we put that reel that tight and we did like a, a, a kind of a private show on the West side. Um, and we did this, uh, we did this thing at, uh, we, we recorded at uh, good night in Burbank it's called, right? Good oh, night. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. They were super cool to us. They're like, come shoot here. Um, and I just took some photos for them for like their Yelp page. You know? Yeah. We just went in there and yeah. it was like, we were there for like an hour maybe. And dude. Just- yeah. I also took photos of this guy's birthday party and I was like, Hey dude, do you want these photos? He was like, sure. And he posted them. I was, I was like, all right, cool, man. Everybody wins. You know, because because obviously we have an empty bar, like no one. That's not really like here. Come to our empty black room. Uh, but having having some people there, I was like, "Can I photograph you guys?" They're like, "Yeah, we're all actors. Take our photos." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like you're gonna be on Yelp. It's yeah, I, I almost felt like I was like, in, you know, in the Midwest, like you just get locations for free like crazy, and that's kind of mm-hmm. what we're doing here. You know, like you know, it's kind of crazy to get that and like los angeles you know yeah well we're also like yeah we're not bringing in like portal potties and stuff you know like it's like we're in it's not out. a big footprint no yeah mm. that's what they don't teach you in film school is the is how you have to you know you got to get cachet with people favors for favors and how you build yeah. that network out of people who you can rely on when the big thing comes up where you're like all right i'm all in i need yeah. everything well, think about it. what's what's the easiest trade-off for a location? Making a thirty-second commercial for a bit, like you know, a little Instagram video for a business they can put on their social media accounts. You know, like if I was if I got to do it well, if I was in school now, let's put it that way. Actually, I wouldn't be this forward-thinking, so never mind. But uh, but I'd be like, hey, I need a coffee shop. Hey, can I do a fifteen-second Instagram ad? I'll make it for free. We'll show the coffee. Boom, boom, boom. You guys can use it, uh-huh. not use it. Can I use your non-operating hours of your coffee shop? And also, we'll buy coffee. That's got to be a yes, right? I mean, it has to be. That's Why? that's a sweet deal. Yeah, and they're getting also as a business owner, you're getting people that have never been inside your coffee shop before, potentially. To you know, that's a big thing with business: getting someone in the first time, you're more likely to come mm-hmm. back the next time. You know. And we um, we also did we brought people to the each venue too, so they you know would fill up the bar as well. Yeah, yeah, people would come to actually yeah. see the show itself. So. Yeah. But like they didn't know what was going on either. I had one of my old roommates was there, and she was like, "Wow, like what the?" And I think she, I think she kind of knew because she knew me, um, and she knew about the project a little bit before. Like at one point, she was going to be our spiritual advisor, like our goth <laughs> spiritual advisor. But that kind of became our friend Robert's character as a goth musician. Um, I wanted that goth emo thing. I just I love that energy. Chaz loves it too. He was yeah. a goth for a long time. <laughs> my favorite band is uh, is him. You ever heard of him? No, I've heard metal of band out, of, out of Finland. Uh, they, they're uh, their symbols, the heartogram. It's a band Margera used it. Okay. Wait, oh, okay, yeah. Wait, do they have a, like an accordion player? Uh, keyboard. Okay, no, I've it's seen like accordion. a. I saw a metal band that had a girl on a accordion, but that was different. I think they were Finnish. Never mind. There's a metal band of uh, cellists called Apocalyptica. It's just five cellists in there. That I've heard of. It is. Oh wow pretty dope i've heard of like two cellos like that i don't know there's like a band like a i think they're siblings or something they play together i don't know i forgot the great chaz 
Um, so I, <laughs> you, you were saying you're hoping this movie is successful. What, what, what do you define as a success nowadays, especially like, I mean, are you hoping for a theatrical release, in which case you're hoping for this shit to get over with soon? Or are you trying to release it online through on demand, get it get picked up by Netflix maybe? Uh, I don't know if Netflix would take it because we're now 4K. Um, that was a big thing for us too because like setting out, we what would, kind of camera did you use, by the way? Dude, we used two T7Is, and I, and wow. I knock it down. So I don't know what, what the aspect ratio is, two, three, five, one. It's like uh, uh, 1920 by 817. Uh, so it's you know, on a widescreen. But I don't think – Chaz kind of knew I can do that, but he kind of didn't, but it worked out well, so I'm happy about that. Uh, but this yeah, makes I, it, I left space. That was another thing. I was leaving space. Yeah. So have that. This looks a, it looks a little filmier, and it's also – it's not quite like Blu-ray wide. That's like 17 pixels – I mean, tall, uh, taller than uh, that, but it's a, you know, it's kind of a standard, nice Netflix does some mm-hmm. in that. Um, but so, um, but yeah, as someone who we, I did a series called dads and parks. that so was playing before movie trailers and cinemas. Um, oh, really? About, yeah. It was like, so it's like two dads. If you're a parent, you might like it. If you're not, you probably mm-hmm. hate it. Cause like, you're like, start the movie. Who are these, who are these dads? <laughs> um, we did like 118 episodes and then like from that, a, a section of those were in the movie theaters for a few years. So I can tell you 118 episodes. I did 118. Ep- we did, I did two a week for a year and then we had a lot of great dads and stuff. I'm, dude, I'm not a father. I have, you know, no real aspirations uh, at this point to be one, but I'm deep in the dad comedy for sure. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so we did that. And even like when we're, our best months one was when there's a Star Wars movie or an Avengers movie. And besides that, like their mm. traffic at cinemas has been down. We've known it for a long time because we were kind of seeing it from our uh, aspect. But yeah, we were, some might say the first scripted series of the 21st century uh, pre-roll series. They used to have pre-roll back in the day a lot, uh, like, you know, news features and stuff like that. News oh, rolls. yeah. Um, and then they kind of stopped doing it and then they started playing commercials and then we came in and it's like a scripted kind of, you know, dad comedy uh, type thing. And dude, like our best episodes are definitely the edgier ones. So we were kind of like trying to fit. We did some good stuff I'm proud of, but like it wasn't really our tone. We kind of had to be a little safer. Um, but it was a great experience. and got a lot of, yeah, we were in like 20,000 American cinemas for... What, uh, what shape? Uh, they're all over the place, but like they played it, uh, back in Illinois, they played in my hometown theater. They played in Carbondale at the student center. Um, but they're in basically half the cinemas in the United States. So different, it's like two corporations that, that run the pre-roll content for all the cinemas. Uh, and we were with one of them, uh, called screen vision. Um, but yeah, so we were still talking to them, but like, dude, like, I mean, who knows, uh, like for us to have like our Instagram handle or Facebook URL at the bottom, like our, or our website was huge. Right. Um, oh my God. The reach. But, but, uh, but yeah, but we were really like, we would, cause we can do, we could watch the spike, like, Oh, what movies come into theater this weekend? Oh, here comes, you know, but, but yeah, it was those tentpole movies that did well. Besides that, like, I don't know. I'd like to go to the film festival route if it works out. Um, uh-huh. if we get it done in the fall and Chaz is like, of the mind that I don't want to speak for you, Chaz, but I will. Um, <laughs> he thinks people are going to be hungry for content. So we might even just do an LA screening, invite kind of people that work in distribution, see what they think of it. But I was, I was gunning for the biggest festivals there are, uh, you know, doing everything from like Austin to Tribeca, um, South by South. We're really tailored for South by Southwest because uh, mm-hmm. we're a music kind of rock and roll thing, but um, it might be. Uh, well, kind you of- got a year then. <laughs> 
Yeah, right. That's another thing too, yeah. is that that would take a long time. But the, the thing is too, it's like, is if it's a that much, if it's a bigger payday, is it worth it? And if we're talking about if what we have on the table for us is like, you know, let's say we do something like Dish Network or something like that, or we do like a three month contract there and a three, and then we do we run through every kind of provider we can before. I we didn't go know ahead. providers did that. Provider like cable providers will will take movies. They yeah, especially what will they yeah, pay they, it on. They put it on demand. Yeah, on demand. Yeah, there's a lot of them doing that now, and uh, it was other options like. I've been off other... the cable for so long. That's why I ask. I don't even know. Yeah, we're we're definitely an R, not because of anything that's super crazy, but just language. We say fuck probably too many times to be PG thirteen. Um, a lot of violence. There, yeah, there's, there's some. There's a lot. There's some violence. Uh, hopefully, it's funny. Uh, but yeah, if you guys, um, but so it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think anyone knows. The biggest thing is just to finish it, and make it the best it can be. If I can submit it, you know, if I submit it to, a, let's say, South by Southwest, and or not South, that'd be a bad example, but let's say there's a festival and, you know, uh, in the spring that I submit to and we get, we're featured, we're a main movie, we might start getting calls from people to be like, hey, let's, let's watch this film, we're interested. But ideally, our thing is that right now, not a lot of people know about this. I mean, people do know about it, but not the people that I need to know that buy movies. So... We I, need I thought get, you were actually starting a band. I'm not going to lie. I, I yeah, think, well, I mean, we uh, kind of... It kinda, is a band. I mean, we kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of did. <laughs> you did. Um, but um, you didn't know it was like a dinner theater experience. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, it was uh, it was, it was, was a lot of fun. And I, we just want to get it done, have it be the best it can be. We have a sequel in the works already. Uh, but it's totally contingent on us being a success. And that would be us going on tour. Uh, so it'd be to get Lost Losers on tour, and then uh, would you consider screening the movie and then playing the show? I was gonna mention. Oh, I was gonna mention this to movie on tour. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna mention this. Like, uh, I think I've already mentioned it to Jason. Like, showing the movie, having the band play, and then maybe like doing that extra layer of uh, you know anxiety where the band actually gets into a fight or you well, know or something be... happens like during you know. Yeah, well, I was it's, like I... make it more realistic. I hadn't told you this, but my plan was going to be to have someone film us at the screening and then have me be upset that I come off like an asshole. You clapping for this? Uh, so, uh, so that was kind of my plan. But then, you know, so we do like, you know, that movie and, the, you know, they're very easy to shoot. The problem is that the people in the bands are in much like the movie are independently successful. So like mm-hmm. Chaz is going to come off his fucking bullshit Netflix movie or his TV show. Uh, to come work for potatoes for us, unless someone else is footing the bill and we're getting paid what we're worth. But uh, but it depends. If we do really well, we we would do a tour movie. We would, and then we do a benefit concert movie. Those are like kind of the three logical steps for easy to shoot. Uh, the tour is the hardest one, obviously. But hey, you can fake you can fake a backstage at a concert for ten different backstages if you want to. Uh, so there's ways around that too, but everyone's really excited about it. People, we've had the guys over to come watch, like the, when I got to the first half done and they were all real happy with the way it moved and stuff. Um, and now I just got to finish it and it depends on how good we are at what we do. And I hope pretty well. Um, I mean, Chipotle wouldn't be writing me checks if I wasn't somewhat good at telling stories. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> just kidding. They the burrito were, money. <laughs> um, no, that well, that's the thing too. I don't. I mean, uh, as far as like you know, we work on stuff. Chaz does like you know artistic. I I work on a lot of documentary based stuff for corporations, making people cry. I used to make UFC fighters cry a lot. That was kind of <laughs> my my thing. 
Really? Uh, you just break them down emotionally? Well, you just have one of their parents there. Here's if you want to make anyone cry. Here, I'll give you some tips. Uh, mm. So especially if they're if they're a parent, that's dude, you're done. You're crying before I sit down. If you're a parent, because all you gotta do is be like, you know, you want to soften them up a little bit. But then you say, was there ever a time when your kid really made you? Or can you remember the first time your son made you proud? And they'll mm. be like, and they'll start to think, and then they'll be like, you know, don't tell the camera. Why don't you tell your son? And they'll be like. Before they were famous, Chris Wyman's dad, I made cry doing that. Uh, anytime there's a, and also these people never talk about their feelings. Like they've never, and they've never been to a psychologist or psychiatrist, you know, most of them. But um, so you instantly, they have this moment that's forced upon them. They wouldn't have had otherwise. <laughs> it's like, I'm a, like, I'm like a highbrow Jerry Springer in a way, almost uh, as far as just using people's emotions that not really, but, but yeah, if you're like a tough guy, and you've been through any kind of adversity, or if you could talk to yourself when you're a young man, that's one that self-involved people really re- react to. Like, what would you say to yourself? You're that kid that, you know, studying by a candlelight, you know, using the stove for heat, maybe like, just stay strong, you know? <laughs> um, but the sun thing is great. Whenever it, it works both ways. Uh, you know, can you remember a time that your dad told you they were proud of you? or, uh, or that you made them proud or that your parents made you proud. Cause it, it goes straight to things like it, it goes right back in your memory and it pulls from this emotion, this thing you might not have thought about either. Um, and then a lot of times you get like the, every time he goes out there, he makes me proud. But sometimes I'll tell you a really good anecdote too. Um, and yeah, I've had families like come up to me and like hug me afterwards and like, uh, but like, that was my go-to man. It was like, how do you do it? And like, you just, you just, what questions, they never have they never answered before and you know and ultimately it was a good thing for a lot of them too but but yeah that was kind of my thing i would uh i just did this run for chipotle where it was uh, uh they matched people on college uh, scholarship or college tuition so if you if you pay twelve thousand they'll pay twelve thousand so it was stories about people that use this program to to through chipotle uh, graduate uh yeah through chipotle yeah but it's a really good program um so i would interview the families and yeah, just talk about, you know, what it means to them, the, the impact it's had. Um, were there any tough times? Do you remember her ever, you know, getting discouraged, you know, stuff like that. And you kind of take them along the journey of it. And then you ask them about the payoff and how much, you know, and, and it's not like a yes or no, or it's just like, how's it feel? And, right. like, <laughs> you know, and, and, you're, and you're getting those reactions, you know, like we did. Yeah, but I'm saying also, what I'm also saying is that it's artless. Uh, Chaz is working in like narrative filmmaking, whereas my nine to fives, it's a a lot of sketch comedy and stuff too, or or comedy related things. I've done a lot of commercials as well, but like when someone needs like that, um, you know, that narrative partnered with a, you know, uh, dog food brand, (laughs) they'll come to me for that. So it's a nice little niche. I don't mind it. Uh, But it's, and that's also what I do like while we're pitching TV and stuff or, or different projects around town, that's what my really kind of like my nine to, I guess not, not a nine to five, but that's what most of my career has been. So safe as, to say you guys are kind of like a, cre- a creative, the same creative cohesive unit together that want to like, when, when you talk about having freedom, it's about getting, achieving it together and doing the other stuff on the side. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. that, And also, I mean, that stuff can be profitable too. And this was the one time where we're like, dude, like, you know, are you going to, instead of, you know, getting off that truck and knowing that you've rented that stuff today and you're making your project and you're going to sell it for the amount of money you can get it for, you know, and it's not, not to say that the stuff, you know, that we're doing, that we don't, we don't care about it or it's not important, but 
you know, the, it's the old saying, you're a slave to the man until you work on your own land. So you got to really, yeah. you know, until you're, if I was, dude, if I was still, you know, working super hard, trying to really busting my butt to get on to sell a TV show, um, I'd still be doing it. Whereas right now we got a movie that's done. It's going to have a Chuck Moore film. It's going to be the first thing you see. It's going to slide in. It's going to drop. But no, we got, you know, just one that we can do. And that was a lot of it was, that was kind of kill your content. was kind of a test run for that to be like, can we knock, can we nail a format down? Um, And then once we did three episodes of that, it was like 70 minutes. And I'm like, well, fuck it, dude. We're 20 minutes away from a movie. Like, why why are we doing TV? Uh And the the, the thing that stuck about that was it, uh, Killer Content is great because every time you put a new episode up, everyone that's seen the the series, like it comes to the front of your, you know, watch list. Or maybe it's not an actual watch list, but it becomes suggested to you. So if you've watched one, we upload a new one. So every episode has gotten more and more views and it's been, you know, super exciting um, because more people have seen the first one. Um, but, uh, Bezos, when we first started around the time we had, we did an Amish mockumentary, we had a character, Jebediah Jacobs and uh, Chaz played Yoder, my Amish brother, my younger brother. So (laughs) that was, that was like our first thing that really did well on Amazon. I shaved my beard off. Like he was great. We put that on Amazon. It was doing super, super, it was doing great. Um, and it was, you're getting 15 cents per hour stream. So um, so it was you know, huh. not a great rate, but then Bezos comes out and not, it wasn't Bezos, Bezos or Bezos. It was whoever works for him, <laughs> but they're like, yeah, you know that 15 cents per streamed hour you get, uh, we're going to cut that down to two cents. So <laughs> I cut. So Dude, any, when is so, enough enough for them, man? Yeah. It's kind of so, like how, like you're saying, YouTube is not really a lot of it's, you know, it's, you have trouble making money, which we, why we kind of made, kill your content in a way where like, or, you know, you're wasting your time kind of thing. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh well, it became obvious that YouTube wanted vlog, you know, vloggers to succeed and people that had niches and people that also uploaded stuff every other day, you know, like, and that's really what YouTube is built for. It's you on a tube. Um, whereas our stuff's always been narrative narrative. It's not, it's, you know, it's not that it's like it moves slow, but we're not going to like, you know, paint a knife going through our face and makeup or something like super, you know, that's just like its own kind of thing. And that's what YouTube is really for to be on your phone to look at it. Um, so when Amazon came out, it was a better, it was a much better platform for us. And we actually, the launch of it got way more views on Amazon than it did on YouTube. So we're like, dude, fuck YouTube. Like we're done with that shit. Um, but yeah, rates have gone down. Like the peak YouTube was like 2014 where like, I was just like taking my money off PayPal and like buying like Jordans and shit. Like, you know, <laughs> like who gave it? It was just like free money. And you know, like I remember I hit a million views. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm retired. I'm done, you know? Um, but now, even now, like if I were to get a million views now, it'd be worth probably what getting a hundred thousand views was back there in 2014, 2015. So it's not really, it's tough. And now you, what you have too is a lot of kids go on there with their parents' money and they're just buying views. They're buying ads. I'm not like a, not illegal ones or like, you know, from Indonesia or something mm-hmm. they're getting, they're buying Google ads, they're promoting their content and they're dropping. I mean, there's a way to do it where you can pay like, dude, a 10th of a cent per view. You can, you right. can get, it's very, very cheap, but you're never going to build an audience that way. It works sometimes for like stunt videos or like one time videos, current event type stuff that could work. Yeah. But as far as evergreen content, it's not, it's not gonna. Yeah, people are paying up butt for it, um, and it's also it's like they're almost like, in a weird way, it's like a, 
it's like a social media, like self stock buyback, you know, like you're taking <laughs> money you've made and then perpetuating this lie that you're a giant YouTuber through more views. So you're not really, you're share cropping almost in a way from, from YouTube. Um, but I think they knew they, if they like had that. some new leadership and if they really like, they also fell back into the system because they were, they were really, they ran shit for so long. No one knew what to do. And then there was like a, a scare. London Adweek came along and there was like this, I forget what it was, Pootie Pie or whatever said the N word, some stupid YouTuber, some stupid and just ignorant. And all the advertisers like, we're pulling our money out, but it happened. During oh, the dude, uh, Logan Paul found that, the, the hanged man. That's might've been what it was. Yeah. So it was, it was, but it was like a total like stunt and kind of people even knew it was kind of a stunt by the advertisers at the time, but YouTube totally placated and they totally said, mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to be in the, we're going to join the system. We're going to get into that, that sphere where everyone's already making money instead of being a disruptor. And that's really, that was like, I think whenever Susan took over, unfortunately, uh, is when it's really started to slide revenues down, like across the board. Like I'm sure views are still up and there's kids that have never not watched YouTube, but man, it used back in my day, we used to, it was all cocaine and YouTube. No, it was never like that, <laughs> but, but it was actually a moneymaker. And I used to tell people all the time, you can make money on YouTube. You can start a career on YouTube. Now it's like, man, you can do all that, but you're not going to have a life. <laughs> is that cool? <laughs> like you're, you're going to end up making a YouTube yeah. series about editing YouTube videos. Yeah. That's how you, compacted it's going to be. You, know, you need like, to kill your content. Right. And live your life, love your family. I mean, we're not one to talk, but like I said, yeah, that was, no, one of, I, that was the thing. That's for fun. Yeah. That was one of the, like I said, it was the hypocrisy of it all. That was also something that was really, I think, fun yeah. that I, we liked about it. Um, but man, it's, it's, it's tough, dude. You're not, if you're not Jimmy Fallon, if you're not Jimmy, uh, uh, Fallon, Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, you know, any of the Jimmy's, uh, those Jimmy's. Fucking Stephen Colbert. <laughs> My Jimmy's are wrestled. If you're, if you're not Taylor Swift, if you're not, like, those are the ones that, and like, I look on YouTube now on my phone, it's like, I, who are these people they're suggesting? Who are these, these stories that I never signed up to see? And they're just, they're obviously, it's, a, it's like a Hollywood, it's the Hollywood system, but on the platform. So I wish anyone that does, I've worked with some big YouTubers. They've all been cool. Um, some a little more stressed out than others and kind of, like you need to take a vacation off this shit. Like you know, I, I've actually worked. Uh, I, I did lighting, but it was for um, it was for like rap. These rap battles were they were popular enough to actually have rented out the biggest studio at YouTube. So you do have those type of people that that YouTube are YouTube has their own studio space for you to rent out. You yeah, like the, yeah, yeah, it. You, yeah. It doesn't cost. You can money. just use it. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, but she was able to like you know have a you know it for days basically you know like where you normal people usually kind of have it for like what a day here's or? a great example of why none of this shit works for anyone so i live like <laughs> i live two miles from youtube right i used to go to parties there every friday it was a, they had a happy hour free beer i would meet people that were totally the same as me self-absorbed just wanted to network and it was great you know it was like it was, i met some actually really cool people there and it was fun but um once you become like you take their whatever course and you become like, I've, I was already, a, I'm not sure what the actual terminology is, but you know, I've been a paid YouTuber for like 10 years. It's put that way. So, but I had to take a course to, able, to be able to use their facility. So I take the course. We have another mixture. We have pizza. It's great. They got, you know, some weird shit from Santa Monica I'd never even heard of. I'm like, damn, YouTube, you're really showing us, you know, we're drinking Beck's. It was fantastic. I go to, I go to rent the, you know, or to use the space for the first time. We shot there a few times. But I remember the first time I went there, 
there was every fucking studio was rented out by the annoying orange for the entire month. And you're like, what the, like, what is, I can't use any of this shit. Like they had, they had enough, like they were in the editing bays. They were in this, all the studios. Like you were, we were watching like the stock market. When will one of these open up for a six hour period? And they never went. annoying orange. And, and, and it's kind of like, they have like their own equipment room too. So they also rent out most of the equipment, you know, as some people do. And it's kind of like, oh, you kind of nice. feel like you're back at the SIU in a way. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, yeah, with the equipment cool. room and fighting, you know, space. Yeah, we shouldn't say rent. They lend out. They lend it out. Or lend out, yeah. yeah we went there like once, dude, with like T5Is or whatever we were shooting on. And, the, and we rented like these fucking cinema lenses. And the guy's like, do you want like a 4K camera? I'm like, nah, I don't fuck with that. They overheat. <laughs> He was like, and the and the footage looks so fucking good. <laughs> he was like, you're shooting on a DSLR. I was like, dude, no one gives a fuck what it looks like. I'm not sure if you've been around, but uh, they they watch people watch videos shot on their phone vertically. They don't. We don't care what, you know, 8K, 16K. You, I don't want to see it as someone's fucking asshole. All right. I mean, look, look at the like the Tiger King. I mean, that doesn't you know. Look. Yeah, they're using DV footage. They're mm-hmm. using you know. Yeah, yeah. So our movie, we're pretty much all yeah, we're DSLR. And you know, what I'll probably do. I hope no one watches this at film festivals. I'll probably we'll probably export it and up up it to 4K <laughs> as opposed to like, just a fucking whatever. They're not going to watch it in 4K. Who gives a fuck? But at least the dimensions will say 4K if it makes people happy. Um, but um, but yeah, actually, that's also a tip too for Instagram. If you're finding the video quality is low on Instagram upload your video like i export it in premiere whatever you use to 4k so it's uh instead of being 1080 it's 2160 by 2160 for a square and it's um it makes the resolution look better i get uh, not the resolution but the picture looks better because it has a different down whatever grading it does so 4k is the way to go up upscale to 4k if you're going to upload to to instagram a video oh that's good it's good advice nerd alert nerd alert <laughs> Post the Star um, Wars gaming vids on every week on there, so I, I will do that. Yeah, you can. Well, you know, uh, and, and see what works for you too. I mean, who knows? I think there's been times on Instagram where I've done a 24 frame frame rate, and then it's like if there's been a black at the end because it's trying to do 30, so there's a black mm-hmm. space. That's fucking annoying. Um, but you know, we like that film look. Um, yeah, man, that's one. I don't know if I have any other tips besides. Yeah, it's gonna be really hard. Uh, I think, dude. I mean, you can definitely do it. It's just tough and. Our whole thing was like, even if you were to become successful, like it takes so much to keep it going that like, you know, you get into like certain circles in Hollywood where like people have publicists and like, they're kind of like, it's almost like having a job to have a car to get to your job. You're like, you find these people have like public publicists and they, you know, so many people pull them in some, so many ways. And, uh, you know, bookers use them at different, you know, shows are coming to red carpets and stuff. And just, it becomes so like, it stretches you thin, man. It's almost like you got to, make that money, get it, get someone else to care about it and make enough money where you can get someone else to shoot and cut it. Otherwise they'll just drive you wild. And it's like, it's you, you know, it's just, you are at a certain point. You're like, when people leave a comment on your channel, I, I know a, a lady that does, uh, I shouldn't call her lady. She's just a regular woman, uh, uh, <laughs> my age, <laughs> but she does a quilting, uh, thing on YouTube does very well. Like she has an actual quilt, physical brick and mortar store. And people will leave her comments on like her eyebrows and shit. And you're like, how do you not take that personally when it's you? And they're like, your eyebrows look like shit. It's like, 
which is by the way you never say that to any girl ever like that's like the worst fucking you want to mess the girl's head you go oh fix your eyebrows you know you do something like that girls hate that shit uh, at least the ones i know that i don't want to speak for all women but, but yeah so there's that too it's like damn dude you're gonna um it's very much like high school it's like remember the people that are out there marching right now that want to open the government they're the ones leaving comments on youtube so that's their direct connection to you at all times <laughs> It's true. Those are also probably the people that answer polls. No, you have been polled? I've nice been try. Polled. No, I've never, no, I've never been polled. Uh, no. Oh, I have by the DNC. I thought it was like, I thought it was uh, Nielsen, but it was the DNC. Do you have guys fill out the census? Oh, no, I haven't done that yet. Do, do we have it? <laughs> you just go online. You just go online and they ask you some basic questions. It's really nothing. Like, they just ask uh, you, like, how many how people basic. are. It's like literally, like, what's your birthday? Uh, like, are you male or female? Are you single? And then, like, what's your address? And how many people live in your apartment or whatever? My yeah. name is Get Money. My address is Get Money. My <laughs> occupation is Get Money. Uh, I'm I'm shacking up with the Dreamer. That makes me a little nervous. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. My girl's uh, she's from Honduras. I thought you meant it like in a spiritual way. I don't, I don't. <laughs> yeah, she's she just dreams, man. She just she just wants to do so much. Um, yeah. Uh, dang, dude. I mean, well, whatever. I, I'm totally cool. I'll, I'm married to worry about. if need be. If need be, it's nothing to worry about. Yeah, I think in California it's a little different, dude. It's the rather it's the rest of our brothers and sisters we got to worry about. <sighs> right. Yeah. I know Illinois. Illinois seems to be in pretty decent shape for the for the virus at least not you know like we'll see people depends on the people who are in walmart picking their nose you know that's what it comes down to we're not going to know till we have testing bro i'm going to need a test that every every person that gets on an airplane is going to have to get tested in my book before i'll get on an airplane well they got the anybody test here here now you can do a do a search you can see centers to go in um, I don't know how much it costs, though. I believe you have to pay. Oh, it. you know what? There's well, it costs something. There's also a side effect. You know what it is? What your kid gets born with autism? <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro! I work on a show with Jenny McCarthy. Don't start talking about. Oh no! <laughs> God bless her. SIU. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's cool. That was a solid joke, though, right, Chad? You didn't see that one coming, did you? I didn't, uh, no, I knew a joke was coming. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Um, it's all right. <laughs> um, oh man, we should have packed this more full ass. That's yeah. my fault. Um, Chad, speaking of things you don't see coming, um, Anomalisa. I, I, I saw. I, I've never seen the movie before, but it's it's you know it's you worked on a fucking best picture nominee for animated film. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was but, there was a few of us on it. Yeah, it was fun. You were you were in a kit in the camera department, an electrical department, but it's a it's a CG film, right? Yeah, it was it was different than anything I've ever worked on. Uh, they were shooting, I think, on DSLRs too. They were taking photos. It took them two years to make it. Were they mocapping? Uh, were you shooting mocap? I they were they were using a uh, I think they might have been using a program called Dragon Frame, but I, I don't know if I don't know how, I don't know the process. I I, I basically was. Uh, in charge of, or, you know, like doing lighting, we, we basically would set up like, uh, they would have like 15 different stages or, or whatever in this, in this building in Burbank. So like you're in the AC, you're taking your time. They got all the equipment there and you just set up these, uh, these stands and we had to set up kick plates each, uh, 
into the, like the combo stand so we didn't like bump the lights because if you bump anything all you these know, people fucking hating next us photo is going to look different than dragon. yeah like that next photo is going to look different the continuity is going to be off so we had to like rig speed rail over top of these tables of the sets and then arm down these little like peppers so and they were small physical lights. sets yeah they were physical sets like they had armatures uh they were switching out their faces to like uh you know have different uh, like just a, this movement basically uh that's how tedious oh, it was is it stop motion stop motion yeah oh dude i thought it was a cg no it's all oh, frame by frame oh, holy so, shit no wonder it took two years two years yeah and then oh. uh yeah they, they had all they had like a cityscape they had uh if you watch the movie you'll be i mean you obviously see it you know but Damn. um you know i had a little part in it but it, it was it was awesome to be around uh you know, that type of crew, you know, uh, is that was, filming 12 hours a day, every day for two years, basically. Is that what yeah, like what Monday through Friday? Like, uh, we, we would have, uh, like every Friday we would have like pizza and beer and we'd watch the clips that we got done for the week. Oh, and usually it was just like, all right, let's watch it. And then, uh, you know, it was, looked great, like phenomenal, but it was only a couple seconds, you know? So each week we would get uh-huh. a, you know, they would get a few seconds a here and there seconds. of the, so like, yeah. and then they would add, you know, it'd, it'd be longer than a couple seconds, but it was really short. Uh, but it looked mm-hmm. phenomenal. Uh, and it ended up being nominated, uh, but it didn't win. But that's, uh, that's, that's still dope. <laughs> it was dude. nominated though. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, what's, I, I, what's that feel like to, you know, leading up to that, something that you had a, a, a piece on, you know, probably, I don't know who introduced the animated feature that year, but fucking like Chris Evans or somebody talking about your movie. Oh yeah. Uh, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was also like, right. Kind of when I was out, like just got out here too. So it was like, whoa, like, you know, uh, a big, yeah. It was, it was just really exciting basically to just, to, I, cause I was working with a uh, gaffer, like, and I was, filling in for the key grip at some points. Uh, and then, uh, the DP was there and, you know, so I, I had a more time to talk to the crew rather than you're on a regular film set, you know, ha- you get have time to de- talk, but everybody's like, shh, shh, you know, being be quiet, but we didn't have to worry about that. Is there only, so, how many people are allowed to do the, to move the thingies? Is there only one person? Well, we would like, they would build the sets. We would bring in our lights and then, you know, the camera department would come in there and then basically, uh, the, you know, the, the other people that would have like maybe two people, one, one person at each stage. And there's multiple stages being worked on at a time. So uh-huh. they just would come in there and move a little, take a photo. And huh. af- after basically we had set the lighting. So it's like a puppeteer slash script suit type, type of deal. Yeah. Like, kind of, huh. but yeah, like it, so we would be tearing down sets as they're like, you know, working on other stages and they would have these black curtains that would section each thing off so there's no light leaks or anything like that but oh yeah it was crazy it, it was it was fun yeah that's you find yourself doing stuff out there you never you never thought you'd ever do yeah I especially did, uh, out here like you know if you just keep on you know obviously it's hard to get going once you're first out here but mm-hmm. if you just keep on going and you just take the ride like you just end up in these situations that you never thought you would have been in you know so tell them about your soap opera acting Chaz. soap opera oh uh, well that was like another uh show that i worked on that was it's was basically funded by like a trust fund kid so like he would like uh basically every weekend like he, we would shoot uh we had three cameras i brought some siu people on to to help out we do lighting and uh basically like 
you know, he would run out of like hundreds of thousands of dollars, like mom, dad, I, I need some more money. And he, he would be paying for like content uh, to make it look good on the web and stuff. And just every weekend, like, you know, when I first got out here after, I think it was before I worked on, mm. not Alicia that, that I was on that, but uh, that was crazy because you kind of get the ins and outs of how crazy Hollywood can be with all these different shows you work on. Cause the guy was crazy. He would, he would, he'd be uh-huh. like acting. He wrote 800 page script. He was up, he was up, he was up the next night, like that <laughs> night after we got done with like a 15 hour day editing it. And he would come back the next day. Wow. Like, and then like, it was like, okay. At one point in time it had like, we had two crews. So two sound people, two camera crews, two lighting crews, two separate locations. And we're trying to communicate because we're trying to get his crazy script done. And it was wow. just, so you run into stuff like that and you get paid like crap, but then you work on like, you know, say a commercial and you, you know, you know, you're getting paid twice as much and you're like, should I do anything? And people are telling you just to chill, you know? <laughs> Dude, remember, remember when Robert Downey Jr. came out like a year ago, it was like, I'll never do an indie film again. I remember hearing that and being like, me too, Robert. <laughs> like, fuck that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've been on some crazy shows, like, the, especially when I was a PA and, like, I was a personal assistant for the ShamWow guy for a while when I got out here. Uh, that was didn't, crazy. Didn't, uh, didn't he get drunk and beat up a hooker? Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, no, she beat him up, dude. <laughs> well, well, basically, like, I think he was on, like, he was on drugs or something. I think she bit his tongue when they were, like, Kiss, I don't know what exactly what happened, but like I didn't guy, pay for that. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, that, that's only bad news. I I know of him, but uh, he was he was a great guy. I mean, I hung out with him, you know, at his place, and uh, so like you know, you go you, you you drive out here. You know, I had never been out here before. Uh, I I moved out here, and I didn't know what I was going to get myself into. And one minute you're watching Netflix, or you see a commercial with somebody, and the next minute you're on set with them, and you're like, uh-huh. and it's kind of like a weird feeling. Uh, you know, exciting feeling, I guess. In his defense, too, there's been lots of guys beaten up and mugged by hookers, and that wasn't, like, their defining thing. You know what I mean? True. It's just, un- it just unfortunate for him that it made the news. Um, he was a face, and now he's the guy. Like, much like Paul Rubens in that uh, nudie theater he was in. You know, like, that's, like, a, mm. you know, like a big milestone in his life where there's probably guys. There's probably a dude. You know, it's funny. You get beaten up by one prostitute, it's like a big deal. It's like the thing. But if you were to get beat up by 10, 11, 12, we wouldn't be talking about it. You know, that's just like, uh, that's what I yeah. think. Well, we just, just talked about Robert Downey Jr. And he's been in some <laughs> shit. Hey, Sean Penn tied Madonna to a chair. Like, I didn't even know that shit. We're, you know, like someone made that comment while we were shooting this movie. And I was like, what? And like, yeah, supposedly tied her to a chair and beat her. I was like, well, maybe she, then I found myself like, I meet too much. What did she say? I, I was like, well, maybe she wanted to do that. I was like, no, that's wrong. Don't say that. <laughs> but you know what, Donna's a freak. Uh, Let me use the restroom real quick. Oh, thanks, Go Chad. Just tell us, bro. <laughs> Can you take us with you? Yeah, right. Show us that. You know, he framed up that photo behind him, too. He did all that shit just to make it look, I'm like, whatever, dude. Take me as I am. Um, <laughs> I appreciate but, uh, that. But yeah, no, Chaz has done some, you know, he didn't even talk about, it. he played a security guard in that. They were like, hey, you need to be, uh, you know, because then you're all just like, I'm crazy. Oh, the soap like, opera? Yeah, he played, uh, yeah, he played, or that or like a hitman, something like, something weird. And uh, you know what, if it's, a, if it is a bad soap opera, there's probably a hitman in it. So it might have been a hitman. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, he's done, uh, he's done some fun stuff. We actually, I'm trying to think, I don't want to name drop too much. I'm trying to think of stuff that Chad, oh, Chad, we just did a Carlos Alvarez Rocky uh, video. He's a uh, uh, actor who played Garcia on Reno 911. Um, oh. 
and he's uh we've worked quite a bit with him he's a cool guy carlos uh and he we did this uh it's a very strange video it's a shot by shot remake of the fight club trailer but it's a nap club for dad so it's called nap club um so if you watch that video you'll see chaz as a dad in a nap club um, but he was actually there to, like help he was you know gripping gaffer he did he just doing everything basically it was me and him two-man crew shot it in a few hours uh and uh yeah it's pretty funny but now it's funny too because like we just did it i don't know it was carlos's idea whatever but now the 20th anniversary will be coming up i think um i want to say it came maybe not maybe it's like the 15 year anniversary or something like that but um but it actually makes it might get a resurgence in hips if they like you know do a Blu-ray release or who knows what they'll do for it. But but it was a lot of fun. But Chaz, yeah, plays a dad. We also have an actor in that that they, he was actually in the park. He knew the guys. He was in the park. He was a dad. And um, we're like, hey, do you want to be in the scene? It's that scene when in Fight Club there's a priest and the the guy in the Fight Club is trying. He has to get in a fight with someone. He sprays the priest with water, right? And the priest is like, stop it, stop it. So in our version, Chad has a pillow in his hand. He's trying to make a dad <laughs> take a nap with him. And the dad freaks out and chokes him. Only The only thing is he's like a method I don't, actor. I don't know if this is method, but That's he, method. Fucking, he really grabs Chaz by the throat. <laughs> so the footage you see is like him throwing Chaz against the wall by the throat, like really doing it. And then like whatever he does, I'm going to react. So like yeah, he's is literally it? throwing me up against fits. Like, yeah, we're like, okay. We're like it was like it was our it was the guys that were in the video it was their like neighborhood all the dads know each other in the neighborhood you know it's kind of why dads and parks was came about because they would always comedians sit around just like pitch jokes to each other and like see which ones they're gonna try on stage the next time they performed like they were kind of spitballing jokes and like oh this should be a show here we are but uh so we had known the dad like he'd been around he's like I want to dads and parks we we never he's not really a comedian you know kind of like a scary dude <laughs> kind of like this like you know i don't know if he's italian or uh uh middle eastern but he's got he's kind of got like he had a go i think a watch on you could tell he was like a rich guy in a jogging outfit that probably made his money by being tough i'm not saying he's done anything illegal but he's like yeah i'll do it and then we, we left we're like thanks psycho <laughs> like you know like, we're like, what the fuck was that all about it's like you know i don't know if we thought we were doing like the shield like we we're you know doing the shield remake or or what <laughs> but no chaz i was trying to talk about chaz all the stuff you've got parts in that you acted in oh dude uh, yeah. one of my favorite things we actually um it was called strangers in danger it's by this girl cat carter um, and she moves to LA and everyone she meets is a fucking asshole, including her roommate, uh, named Rory, which is played by Chaz. And, uh, there's a line that early on when she's like, welcome to the home. Here we are. And by the way, if you use the bathroom, we have to leave the door open. Cause there's some, or she goes, well, if you take a shower in here, you have to leave the door open because they have mold issues. So the idea is that Rory's <laughs> watching her shower through the, cause the door. I'm just sitting there with a coffee mug, you know, yeah. just like, you know. So Strangers in Danger, that was the, we did that for, I forget what it was called. What was the company called, Chaz? We did that for uh, Spike, not Spike TV, fuck. Uh, no, it was uh, something like that. It was like a men's kind of comedy brand we did that for. No. Um, my most viewed, though, is uh, the uh, the one we did, we shot in my room. Oh, the, my uh, God. Oh, that's dude. my favorite. <laughs> well, dude, Justin, I don't know if you saw, if you looked at my YouTube channel, but the top, the, the videos I, the, I first had to hit were like the really racy ones. And then we decided to do a fake sex tape 
um, which it's so like the idea was that, I think I remember a thumbnail. Was it? Yeah. It was like so, you thumbnail. Didn't, so you didn't click on it. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> I'm falling for that <laughs> shit. I know it's YouTube. Well, the idea, yeah. The, I've been the tricked idea, too many times. The idea is that um, it's a couple, they, they don't, it's called amateur sex tape and they're amateurs because they don't know how to use the camera. So they think mm. the red button means stop. And so they, you see everything but the sex, right? So you see like the <laughs> talking about what they're going to do and all that kind of stuff. So you're just waiting and like, yeah. Yeah. And the idea was that at the time there was actual porn on YouTube. There was, you could uh-huh. fucking watch Indian porn and you could watch uh, a BBC documentary that literally had, it literally had a, a penis cam, a camera on the dick going in. Like, you know, this is, you can't get more uh, porn than that. Though. And it, that's what it was. That's how they got away like, with it. But, it, but it had, curious. dude, the video had, I shit you not, 600 million views. Like, it had so many. And the whole time I'm, like, arguing, I'm arguing with Megan, and I'm, like, Wait, talking yeah, about so laundry. Well, let, me, let me, yeah, so Chaz is like, one. Chaz's thing is that it's, uh, so we did that one. We did a haunted one. Like, we were going to try to have sex at a cemetery. We both become <laughs> possessed by demons. Um, and then we did a, a, a MILF one where the mom, you find out, is trying to raise money for her kids' rickets uh, treatment, which is like, you know, just vitamin D. So they never have sex. So then we get the Chaz, and it was like, the idea was that there was a party going on, and they were a college couple. But they have, yeah, they have, they start having all stereotypical college fights. So you see, so they never, the girl at the end walks out and leaves him. And then Chaz is like, I guess I'll just do it solo. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, that's Ch- that video, Ch- Chaz's episode. The main one has like 70 million views on YouTube, which is ridiculous. But in my defense, I, will, I always tell people, I'll say there's a lot of tapes, there's a lot of videos on YouTube called amateur sex tape. Not many of them have more than a few thousand views, right? So if we're obviously this one, you know, there's a lot of kids that were, you know, had to pull their pants up and laugh while they were watching this. Be like, you know what? <laughs> you, got, you got me. And the whole yeah. time I'm like, you know, talking to you, like, you know, I'm acting like I'm nervous. You know, are we going to do this for real yeah. kind of thing? And then like, you know, like there, there came a part where I, I have like these C-47s we use on set, like on, all the time. And we're talking Speaking about like- jazz, so people know what you're talking about. Clothespins. They're clothespins. <laughs> anyways, it's a film term. Uh, so anyways, clothespins. Uh, so like it, there came an important time where we're arguing about laundry and like, uh, you know, mm. I, I ended up clipping the socks together just out of nowhere. <laughs> and so she guess, goes, yeah, she's like, you don't clip your socks. Like I do. And, like, and, like, and I'm like, they're together, you know, you know, and like, just stupid Classic, shit like that. Yeah, like, it was actually, people are watching it, you know, like, it was genius. <laughs> yeah, the idea, but yeah, that was a great one. Uh, Chaz did very well. Did like, yeah, that did some views, but my, uh, that was good. It had the most jokes, I think. Chaz was really quirky in it. And like, yeah, his sock, sock bit was great. He's like, I thought we we're going to be alone in here. You're going to be here? It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm the director, man. Like, I have to, like, you know, correct. And he's like, I thought you just put a camera. You just leave and we just do it. You know, it's like we have that back and forth. And then she, like, the, the, my favorite joke in that was that she comes and does laundry. So she just, like, dumps a, a thing of clean clothes on the bed and starts doing laundry. While which, which brings in that, yeah. Yeah, he's, like, folding his socks, like, clipping. Oh, it's great. But we did one called about the, the MILF, the MILF one where the actress uh, girl, Carmen, uh, Cameron Searles, is a great actor, and she cries in it. Like, she actually has, like, a, you know, because she sees 
a lot of her son and me. So like, I'm reading her like, I'm like, do you want to hear some of my poetry before we start? And I'm like reading her these really bad poems. And she's like, you're such a sweet boy. It's like crying, like real tears. I'm like, people, even she said, because at first we pitched them like, hey, you want to do like a, a gimmick sex tape? They're like, no, dude, my manager would kill me. Some people are like, really like, no, I would never do that. And the other people, especially improv people, are like, I get it. And we come up with bits and we was just like, you know, knock them out, do them a few times. And that was it. We'd shoot it in 10 minutes and they would get 20 million views. <laughs> it was wild. And we shot been- like what several, uh, the first house I lived in and, uh, North Hollywood, Sun Valley. We shot like several sketches just in that house. So I remember the, the cooking for dads. Yeah, cooking for dads. Uh, yeah, that was fun. That's I, not- I think a little bit of, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, there's been some other. The, we the, uh, danger there. Well, no, yeah. Danger's in danger. And also, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, the Valentine's Day song, uh, the music video. Yeah, so we use Chaz. Here's a good, yeah, so Chaz lived in a house, which is great for shooting. Because apartments, you can't really do a lot with them, right? I mean, they all look the same. But mm. we have someone who lives in a house. We shot a cooking show, a satirical cooking show about a dad that just got divorced and was basically like, you know, having an existential crisis. We shot a music video for a country song called Valentine's Day Song. And we shot it as the trap house for a cocaine dealer and Strangers in Danger. So that's three different locations, uh, or one location, three different, you know, shoots we did. Uh, just trying to milk it, dude. God My damn. roommates love me. You guys are, you guys are so busy, man. You guys kill yeah. it. That's that's crazy. Um, <laughs> and you guys all do that. You do all this on top of whatever else, you know. Yeah. This is the. Uh, well, this usually, do you usually work industry jobs like day to day, like Monday through Friday? Recently, like before the the pandemic, like I was working weekly, but before that, like it's this random gig here and there, you know. Um, but. You know, like it was kind of like during November we were trying to schedule around everybody's schedules, uh, and that Dude, becomes I, I difficult that. at some I, points. You know, I had a short. We were using like uh, was it the Google Calendar helped out a lot. So yeah, I do. I was I got to be. I'm like I'm like hey they're like hey are we shooting on the 18th? I'm like check the calendar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It helped uh, out. I mean, but uh, but yeah, we I know Chaz turned down work during November. I turned down work. I do mostly like I'm like a one man band, so. It's a lot of documentary stuff, um, not too many commercials anymore. But I also get like, I'm kind of in a place where I got enough trust with my clients that where they don't really give me much direction besides what they like, you know, definitely need. Like, here's what we're talking to. You're shooting about this time length. You know, we want to be pretty quick paced. So I'll know stuff going in. I'll pick music before I go in. I'll just shoot it, cut it. Sometimes the fast turnaround, uh, usually it's like a month or so. Um, uh, depending on what the, the client is or what they need. But I work, with, so I work a lot with brands and with agencies. Not so much agencies anymore. Um, there's a time when I thought about going in-house, but then like, you know, dude, like it's funny because like quarantine life is not totally different from what I usually do. Uh, I yeah, usually get up I, I, I the same thing. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's not like I get up and like I'm going to edit somewhere. No matter, you know, whether I'm going to, I don't go to coffee shops and do shit, you know, so I'm pretty much just, mm-hmm. when this movie hit, I know these guys are like, you got no excuses now. You better cut this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think, so there's that. Um, There have been times when I have worked on stuff or with clients where it's been like full-time work. I've been, um, you know, I've had one client that I was doing, like a, you know, campaign for. Um, I got to the point where I was kind of too, like battling against, not battling against, but like I'd be pitching brand stuff and I'm like, who, you know, who am I up against? Like, you know, full on fucking advertising agencies, like in Chicago, like, you know, like Mm -hmm. people that have staffs and stuff. So it's just you, like your own equipment, camera, tripod, all that. Yeah. We'll rent. Depending on what the need is, we'll rent. I usually talk people out of doing a 4k. I will at least 
have been successful up till now. Cause I'm like, dude, we're watching it on our phones and stuff I'm shooting, you know, mm-hmm. and even if it's, you know, 1080, it's going to be fine. And if not, you're going to, if they watch it on YouTube, it's going to be knocked down to 10 megabytes a second anyway, even if it's HD. So you're not getting the full resolution you know, or the full, uh, all the pixels anyway. Um, so, so yeah, so I, so I'll do, um, uh, I'll try to steer them out of that, but yeah, if they need, if we need to run 4k stuff, we'll do that too. But they know the two that exponentially just raises the cost. So we can shoot something. And sometimes clients want stuff like shot on iPhone and stuff, or they'll like send mm-hmm. you a phone to shoot stuff on. Um, but uh, yeah, that always kind of changes. I always try to tell them, and I'm not working with like people that care about being on the cutting edge. They just want to tell good stories usually. So um, if I'm like, Hey, I can use this 4k camera, but if I'm on hour six, this camera has got to breathe. Otherwise it's going to overheat. If I'm on DSLR, we can shoot all day long on the same card not have to worry about shit and it's never going to overheat and it's going to look as long as I didn't I know, know that about 4k cameras overheating. I was actually, uh, just, I've been looking at cameras to, well, I can't say, I can't say for, I can't speak for all of them and I haven't bought a camera in, a, in a, probably a year. Uh-huh. But, um, when we did the last movie I produced that I worked on was Andy and we had a dragon and a scarlet and they both were a fucking pain in the ass. Yeah. So it also depends on like, if you're in a room, it's hot yeah, it's or not, if you're out in the sun, you know, um, I worked with these, I just shot uh, a sizzle. I've been working with these guys, these micro, the micro wrestling federation. Um, we had a TV pitch that we put together for them with like a sizzle reel and that. And they would, they, there were some guys that were there right before me called like rated red or something like that, or reds, red nation, some kind of like Republican skewed comedy, you know, redneck kind of thing. It's like kind of their brand. Not to say that I'm a redneck. I mean, I grew up on farms and shit, but that's their brand hillbillies, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, we had these guys here before you. They had, man, their cameras, like they couldn't, they'd be like, they were not shooting as much as they were shooting. Cause like they were in these, you know, kind of, hot bars and the cameras couldn't take it. I remember we were outside a lot. It was a big issue with those cameras. I'm sure technology is better, but man, I got, we got burned by those big ass 4k cameras more times than I care to admit. So that's why I'm just kind of until they have one that I can shoot all day long and I feel comfortable and, you know, (laughs) take it out and use it all day long. But when, you know, I used to do a lot of like event documentary stuff like, uh, um, uh, not like Spartan, kind of like Spartan races, but they weren't called Spartan races, mm. like different, like the military combine, stuff like that. Um, if I would have had a 4K camera out there, even in like, you know, September um, in like, you know, New York, it's not like a super hot spot, but it wouldn't have survived. Like I, you know, I need something I can move with tight corners too. A lot of times you're in fucking, you know, if you're shooting documentary, especially if you're doing a branded spot, like in their stores and stuff, there's obviously open areas, but there's windows behind all those. So you don't want to necessarily be there. Um, so yeah, it's different. Usually end up shooting on the side of a building, which is not great either, but you try to get enough depth where it looks, looks, you know, kind of cool and nice, but, um, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. I was, I'm a big, like, I also, I was cut on a file cut seven. I was using that to edit until maybe a year and a half ago. So I'm, I'm kind of oh, slow. To, I'm kind of slow. Learned on that. that was the first. Yeah. Um, well, aside from movie maker. Well, big thing was I had a lens that had a dead pixel for a long time and the pixel fixture on there was like the fucking best. So, <laughs> so that's why I probably stuck with it so long. And then because of dads and parks, we had so many episodes and all my graphics were all loaded into the same bins. And I started cutting it on that like three years ago. So the idea, I did transition eventually to some of our standalone stuff, but when I was pulling things from past shoots and trying to find new episodes, um, I didn't want to be between two different programs, you know? So yeah. I actually started on premiere in high school and then final cut. And then now we're back to 
Premiere. <laughs> That's what I use now. Yeah. I like Premiere. Uh, yeah, it's a lot yeah. better. The, the, it renders a lot quicker. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. It's. I mean, it's a staple. I know people. I mean, there's a guy that went to our college that's pretty big into Final Cut X. Uh, Michael Sioni that does like the. He's on. What is that? Uh, I/O. He works for now, I think. But I know um, different people care about different stuff. I can tell you that from a consumer standpoint. I mean, dude, I have a 3D projector. So obviously at one point people thought 3D projectors were going to be a big deal. Good fucking luck finding a 3D Blu-ray that exists in the world now besides like the Avengers movies, you know? Yeah. So like everyone's like, it's 8K, it's 16K. It's like, no, you know, God rest his soul. Brian Dennehy just passed away. You don't want to see Brian. You didn't want to see Brian Dennehy or any actor, like you know, over a certain age in 16 you know they're every pore on their face popping like that's why soap operas went away because all these 50 and 60 year old actors that were playing like love interests in these goddamn serials um you know they were like the hd cameras came out. i remember even back in the day it was like it was four three hd but you're just like goddamn john from days of our lives looks like fat <laughs> like i've been living alive <laughs> like there's no there's not enough soft focus in the world that can take away you know the way they actually look in real life. So I think like it's when kind of silent went to talkies and the people lost their jobs because then when you can hear them, they sound yeah. like, hey guys, I'm here to save the day. It's like, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's, I think there's, um, you get to a point here where it's like, you know, there's parts in like when I watch Wonder Woman where it's like, okay, I'm watching a cartoon for the last 10 minutes. You know, it's like, this is obviously pretty sexy cartoon. But yeah, no, it's sexy it's for, for sure. But it's like, it's not a real you're watching i think the avengers and stuff is um well maybe because their scenes are better it, the action matters more and stories are typically better that um it matters more but um plus the cgi too like yeah but when you yeah, like, get to a point when you're you've been watching a cartoon wonder woman fight a bad guy for 10 minutes you know it's like there's nothing you're not it's like just you know give me back to the give me practical effects once and i know they're expensive but so is editing all this shit and you know, uh, yeah, I've been on sets where it's like we flipped a car, we did this big explosion, or and it's in the film for like five seconds. You know, yeah. spent like mo most of the day on it. <laughs> but it looked great, great in eight but it looks good. In AK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, everything looks amazing except for people's faces. You know, like uh, what do they say that the photographers always say the best subjects are old men and young women. Um, yeah, not when you're talking about thirty-two K in your faces, bro. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. So I think a lot of that stuff, the tech, I think we've, uh, there's a, not to sound so pretentious, but Martin Luther King Jr. has a speech <laughs> when, he, when he won the Nobel, yeah. I think it was a Nobel prize, uh, where he says like, we've, you know, we've created bridges that span the ocean and we've, you know, we've got technology that allows us to call around the world. I'm paraphrasing, but how, how have we come closer to each other? Like in that, you know, these things just created, more of a divide between us or should we also be working on that aspect of the world we live in and i feel like we've gotten so much um into technology and how you know cool stuff and looks and uh what we can do with things um that it's like don't forget the story dude don't forget to tell a good story that's what that's why people remember disney films because those stories are bulletproof you know like they are uh that's why yeah, they're they're gonna be they're gonna last to not the test of all time, but you know. Well, they will. I mean, if Hollywood keeps on doing remakes and remakes, 
And yeah. it's still, you know, the blueprints there and it's perfect. But, yeah. um, you know, I've gone back in recent weeks too and like watched the original, like Fast and Furious, which is just so ridiculous. Uh, this cop would just throw his life away for a gang of thieves. Um, it just, it's almost like a Dateline episode, like a bad Dateline episode. Um, but, you know, it's, what I'm trying to say is just, you know, the substance has to be there too. If we're doing, you know, um, especially as we go into like VR and stuff and different ways to tell stories, like, don't forget that telling the story is the most important part and not just the way it looks. And I'm actually doing, when we did that dads and parks, people would come up to me all the time. And when we, not they came up to me, not knowing me, but when we, they came up and we talked about it, like at parties and stuff, they're like, what do you shoot that on? And I'm like a T2I and a T3I. And they're like, bullshit, what do you shoot it on? And I'm like, dude, that's it. Like we With don't. a cinema lens? <laughs> no, kit lenses. Kit lens. Yeah. You're out in enough daylight that you, yeah. you know. It's not, really yeah, need. those kid lines work in daylight. Anything else yeah. they don't, but uh, yeah, but yeah, and like, well, how do you like different looks? I'm like, well, one day it was overcast, uh, the other day, you know, like it was a little bit brighter. Uh, we got we shoot, and then with that, it is also about being uh, worrying about time and stuff and when to shoot, and it, so you're not having like direct sunlight overhead, and you know, how long can you go before the sun comes an issue? But it's kind of funny, like, in like kill your content, the second episode, we actually have a, a thing where we show like you know, show me with the camera. He's knocking on the door and stuff. So we're kind of joking around about like our equipment in a way. <laughs> yeah. But the camera oh, he's uh, holding he was filming too. Yeah. So we, the yeah. camera, the camera he's holding is not the camera we actually use. That was a DV. No, it was a prop. Oh, okay. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah the, so I he, was like, he, Oh, they shoot on a camcorder. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. good. yeah I thought yeah. it looked good. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like we, uh, when my mom saw that, that was the first thing she mentioned. She's like, you don't shoot on that camera. Like, that's <laughs> I'm like, I know mine was a joke. That was like our, what's that French director that did a uh, chill sunshine and the spotless mind. Uh, that was one of his like practical gags. So we actually, so what we did was we shot with Eddie's phone, my scenes with Chad's behind me in the fake camera. And then we shot the reverse of Eddie with the actual camera over my shoulder <laughs> that way. And so then we cut the two back and forth, but yeah, very, I don't think any, very many people picked up on that, nor should they, but we did kind of break the 180 from that to kind of point it out more. A little bit, I think. So, but yeah, that's like some, you know, Hitchcocky and David Fincher bullshit that no, no one cares about, really. There's a moment in our movie where we we have a group huddle and we break the 180 to show like that, you know, it's game time. <laughs> and I'm like, no one's going to care about that, but maybe one person will. Like, the like, oh, wow. <laughs> I see what they did there. They just shifted the 180 around. You never know, dude. I made a point in this short I just did. I want. I had a camera move in every scene. Like every scene, there's at least one shot where the camera slides at some point. I just nice. decided I wanted to do that. It's yeah. like, you know what, dude? Like, that kind of stuff too is good because, I mean, it's faster stuff's moves. It's not like we're in like, you know, um, like Japan, Japanese animation where like the foreground moves this way and the background, you know, moves that way and stuff. But it's all dope though. Yeah, but if you get that movement down, uh, movement's important. One thing we had, too, a lot of well, – Chuck, our camera, our, our producer and our B-cam operator, was very much a – he's an artist, and he's very purple with his camera movements. So I'd be like, Chuck, what, the, what are you doing over there? He'd be, like, panning behind a tree to show, you know, like the establishing <laughs> shot and stuff. Uh, uh -huh. and I actually, I, like, I'm, I'm over there, like, did he, did he get the coverage, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I got this real nice pan that comes out from the drummer's bass drum, and it goes right up, and then over here in the right. And I probably end up using, like, three or four of them, actually, so it worked out well. But that does so much for the viewer just to – you can get overindulgent with mm -hmm. it and, like – I've seen some comedy like shorts where it starts off with a nice big long 
like panning a tracking shot. You're just like, dude, get to the jokes. Like, you know, this is the comedy. We got to, because mm-hmm. that is an important thing too. But anytime you're moving is always good. I find, dude, I just watched that, not the trash, other people's art, but whenever someone wastes a lot of money and I spend two hours watching it, I feel like I should talk at least a little about it, a little bit about it. But uh, that Van Gogh movie with Willem Dafoe, if you get a chance oh, to watch it, it's on Hulu. It's fairly new. I saw him on when he was doing press for it, but I watched it and there's so much handheld, just like, there's actually scenes where if you watch, I feel like they're sh- not even shooting and someone goes action and the camera goes up and they start and like, that's in the movie. Like that's like <laughs> just weird, but there's so much handheld, like walking around. There was also um, a movie that had, uh, what's his name from Superbad, Michael Sarah. It was on Netflix of like a couple years, a few, maybe a few years ago where they were, it was basically, he was an asshole. It was about a guy that did cocaine. was kind of a jerk and they go on this odyssey. And I remember the whole time, like, God, I even feel it. It's like, don't they have a Ronin or, you know, something they can use? So like, so here's this movie that probably has, you know, what's a modest budget for something like that? $20 million with Willem Dafoe. And the whole thing is like, you can just feel the guy bouncing along. It's like, stop it. It's been three minutes. Part four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's too out of like, you know, who knows how much of that was actually augmented or put in post. But but those guys, they had a reason for it. This way, you know, you're not supposed to know someone's actually holding a camera and walking. Cause you're yeah, with, with Van Gogh. Gogh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought the performances were really intriguing and they, what they tried to do was fun. But man, at some point, someone's got to tap this guy on the shoulder and say, hey, your mom's paying for this shit. And you're wasting your goddamn money. <laughs> like, fucking, how about you stay here and Willem walks this way for, you know, what? So let's not have a trail cam. Like, we're watching fucking cops for two hours. So, um, yeah. And then also, you gotta, sometimes that works really well. And like, you can do handheld and be on sticks, you know, depending on what, like, if you're in an operating room, maybe that's a scene you do handheld. And then the rest of the movie, if you're, it's about doctors, is, you know, um, is on sticks. Kind of like how MASH didn't have a laugh track in the hospital, in the operating room, but they have one throughout the rest of the show. So kind of, it changes tone a little bit, but yeah, that movie, man, I was just like, I got sick to my stomach. I was like, uh, uh, here we are on a boat watching a movie about Van Gogh. Uh. <laughs> Does it take place on a boat the whole time? No, no, no. You just feel like you are because the camera's moving. Uh, okay. like because I've actually done a boat effect on set. It's pretty tricky, but. Yeah, we all know you were. We, we, we were actually moving the camera like that, though, on purpose. Yeah. So the actors sure people got sick with it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean the actors just stand there and don't have sex, and the, the camera makes it look like. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny because, uh, like, we were in this house, and they were like, the, the director's like, "All right, um, I want to make this inside of this room, this living room, like we're inside of a boat, and it doesn't really. It looks like a, you know, it has to be like a huge boat because." The boat they ended up using, like, as a cutaway shot, like a B-roll shot before they go into the scene, was this small boat, which the room itself was as big as the boat, which was kind of funny. Uh, But we had to put a a light on, on like, a doorway dolly and move it back and forth on a track to get, the like, the effect of, like, the sunlight coming in. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, the camera operators are moving the uh, camera, uh, probably making everybody sick, like you're saying. (laughs) I'd yeah. say you shoot that in 4K and then you just do it in post, bro. Zoom yeah, on into I mean, that frame and then you just... Could do it that way. <laughs> you know how I feel about 4K. No, I don't have... I mean, that really is... Everybody says I'm a contrarian when it comes to stuff like that, but uh, like, what's the easiest way to do something and then just do it that way? That's what I think. That's been our thing for the last... You know, and there's nothing wrong with planning and doing big things and all that, And but man, like... I well, was this is for a TV show and, like, you know... 
spending that money. Basically, like, like if you work so much in the business that you, everybody works differently. That's like if you get a new gig, it's like you got to like meet new people and learn how to work with them, and so it's yeah. kind of crazy. Everybody has their own yeah ways of doing to have, stuff. That's why everyone brings in their own people when they can because it's good to work with a team. Yeah, I want I want an AC just one for one day. And then I want them just to sit and not do anything. I'm like, here, I'll do your job for you. I just want that person just to be there, you know? <laughs> like, excuse me, I'll do this. <laughs> what are you even doing here? I just want, that's what I want on set all day. Just someone I can point to, like, what are you doing? And I'll be like, you told me to do nothing. I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, it's funny. I do have to phase out. I've been such an asshole the last, uh, well, since probably forever. But <laughs> playing, playing that asshole shtick in this movie, like, was so comfortable for me. And I can't let myself go back there like I always do. If me and Chad's like watching something, and I can be like, you know, Chris Weber, whatever, looks like a goon. I won't feel bad about that. But, but I gotta like, it's an easy way to be funny, and I feel like it doesn't always translate for me. It's not, yeah. So it's not an easy way to be funny, but it's an easy way that I feel funny to be kind of sardonic and that. So I have to like, you know, I gotta start listening to disco uh and getting back in like a positive like you know the world's not gonna end we're cool we're chill what's i mean uh there's a there's a lot of concerts like you know online concerts now i think i think willie nelson is having what, something on 420 something like uh oh. so yeah or you could sing imagine with gal gadot and various other yeah and like you know the Bur- i've been watching the bernie roundtables they've had musicians on that right. Cardi and there's beat. also like the laugh factories had stand-up comedy every day there's a lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man. Well, yeah, we're uh, it's exciting times. It's weird times. A lot of crazy stuff going on. Um, I think you guys, for I don't know if they have Saturday press conferences at the White House, but I'm sure we missed it if they do. So I appreciate that because I didn't need to watch that again today. Yeah, as soon as we started, like, I got like a notification like Trump's on, you know, or whatever. <laughs> God, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. that'd, be, that'd be fun. Yeah, I think I think it's, it's a, good. To, it's a reality show on itself, you know. Yeah, like I guess I, I do Tremendous like the raw. ratings. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Right. Imagine if he would hold if he would hold someone hostage, how much ratings he would get. You know, if he had a gun to someone's head, like, all right, tune in now. And like, he, he's you. even having his like propaganda video displayed. It's wild. You know, it's like it's crazy. Yeah. It is. But I mean, the, I mean, there there is other uh, you know like Bernie and there's other people that are you know, having their own content. So there's, there's that. Well, I hate to say it boys, but I mean, I don't give a shit about Joe Biden, but I'm gonna have to phone bank for his ass because shit's serious, you know? Oh man. Like, and I have to, uh, and you it's know, like what? I was dogging him so hard, like on online. And then now things have changed. I'm like, okay, vote for him. Yeah. <laughs> and, hey, unless, he, like, unless he like gets a real, just moderate, like Klobuchar, uh, then I'd be like, you're on your own, Biden. You'll get my vote and nothing else. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm serious. You're like, we're going to look back at this period in history and wonder what more could have we all done to stop, you know, this bullshit. So um, I know I, I gave a couple do- donations to the burn. Uh, yeah. yeah, same here. Yeah. 60, yeah man, I, including I, one time $60 for two T-shirts. Came two weeks after the California primary. I'm still waiting on a T-shirt, actually. Uh, but yeah, I'm not worried about it. Me and Chaz, some friends, uh, Lacey, who went to SIU, some uh, her friends uh, went and saw, met up and saw Bernie at the, with uh, Run DMC. 
Not Run DMC. I'm sorry. Public Enemy. Oh God, what a fucking middle-aged white thing to say. Jesus Christ. Did they? Flavor Flav wasn't there, but no. Did they do uh, Fight the Power? Of course they did. And I, did. Yeah. I was there for the gram. Uh, but yeah, that was it was a lot of fun, dude. Uh, Dick Van Dyke spoke, Sarah Silverman. Um, they had, a lot uh, of people. They had a, a Latina artist up first. So I tried to pick up what she was saying, but the beat was good. Um, but it seemed very empowering. But yeah, it was a good time. A lot of people there. It, was, you know, it, was a, it took like an hour to probably get in, but and then standing around for an hour but with that kind of thing it's always you know, I, I used to work at events and stuff and they did a pretty good job they had some like totally like low-key like i don't know if they were military guy they looked military where they were in plain clothes like in with watching the lines and stuff and like we oh, walked really? in you know we're ripped like we're fucking baked and i'm <laughs> and i'm like i'm like i'm like watch out for over here you know like because this guy is obviously you know we were definitely like, filling the burn yeah, if he, if he wasn't if he wasn't military or or something of that nature, he thought he was. So I was like, hey, let's be uh, let's be cool. But, uh, but yeah, it was it was a good time. And uh, yeah, Bernie's like, you know, he stumps. All these politicians say kind of the same thing everywhere, but um, for the most part, they kind of have their stump speech they always go to. But it was great to see him live, and because uh, it never worked out, either it never worked out or before, or I was like, dude, I cannot afford to go downtown and be stuck in traffic and try to find parking and be there for seven hours today. So it worked out. I had, you know, mm-hmm. some stuff yeah. going on. Hopefully we didn't spread COVID uh, during that. Uh, but, uh, I think it was early enough. It wasn't, I think it wasn't around then, but. Dude, uh, first week was of close, January. Probably. Uh, I started work at first week of January. My exec, uh, someone on my show fucking came back from China and had a flu that they described as the worst experience of their life. Couldn't do shit. Couldn't do anything. Was literally just out of commission, dead for yeah. like three days. Yeah, First it probably was around. Like, yeah, it, it, from China, which is that's crazy. Um, but who knows? Who knows? But uh, you know, I, I think what's good about this is uh, what's going to come out of it is that you know Bernie's going to get some of his policies on there. He's already got some of them, and they're working together. I'm hoping. You know, Biden moves to the left uh, as much as possible, but he's gonna have, he's uh, gonna have to as well because uh, especially the healthcare thing. You know, his he's like what dropping the age to sixty, like that's not enough. You know, no, it's not. But also, you know, the thing that sucks is that we've proven again that you know young people don't vote. Like it skews up starting at eighteen on up. But um, you know, it wasn't that Sanders didn't necessarily have black support? Just the support he had from people was like what you're talking about before that Instagram support and like Reddit support and like you know, or who knows by the time it got around to them voting. There's still several states that haven't voted yet. You know, like there's think think about how would you feel if you're one of these states that hasn't primary and you're like, wait, the race is over. Like mm-hmm. I should have they should all be on the same day. You know, like it should yeah. all take place. And you know what? Set the cap on the spending they can do. Get money out of politics. Or I haven't heard Joe Biden talk about Citizens United yet. I'd have to look up what his position. Yeah, that's that's the main. That's one of the big ones. Like you know, and yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, uh, I, I think I'm, I get why he did it. Like Bernie, you know, endorsed him now because we need time to build our, you know, crew up to go against Trump. But at the same time, like you're saying, so many primaries open already. Like he was what, down by 300. Like New York's almost worth that amount. I know they're going to get a percentage of each, but well, Bernie suspended. I think too. he could have won. You know, Bernie suspended. Remember when Hillary chance, but. when Hillary stayed in the race till June against Obama. She was like, well, he might get assassinated, so I should stay in the race. So it was like, okay, that's pretty dark. But she was like evoking, you know, like the Kennedys and stuff like that. 
Um, but so Bernie's suspended. It's like it's not like he withdraw. Which he, he's going to the convention with the delegates he has. You can yeah, still vote yeah. for him. Um, so, so as we go on, once uh, he gets more delegates, he'll have more leverage power. Well, we think probably end up seeing more progressive like actions. Twenty percent progressive. Then you think total? Let's, yeah, I mean a little bit more. I think later on, once we get all the uh, what was the, there's like another Super Tuesday or something. Well, uh, keep this in mind too that Joe Biden could walk up on stage at any point during the fall. And just shit his pants on stage, like literally just poop his pants, and then Bernie's still in it. Uh, Dude, so uh, he goes. Well, there, yeah, there is that too. I watched the uh, get uh, Joe Biden receive his Medal of Freedom from Obama and the eloquent, beautiful speech he gave afterwards. And after seeing that man, it's just like it's impossible to, to not say that this is not the same guy. You know, he's older and he, he's like, older. He, he is a, is a president in like the vein of what the Republicans usually look for is that he's just going to be a, a friend of big business. He's a goon. Like Reagan was kind of a goon. George W is kind of a goon. Uh, George, uh, George senior is more like a Jeb goon. Like there's someone that'd be there, deregulate and let big business take off. You know, like that's kind of the thing. Right. Biden's like, let's get back to that. Let's get back to, you know, prosperous times, uh, you know, when everyone was in prison. When, when I was the vice president. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we were letting, we were letting protesters get shot and reporters with rubber bullets, uh, never track down who shot, um, in the eye, but, um, protect whistleblowers. But let's face it, you know, if you're, people with drones. and also, you know what, three white dudes talking about it, there's a lot less at risk for us. Mm-hmm. So as much as we can bitch about it, like it's like when it comes down to Trump, and the end of America, if he were to win again, and we see already this authoritarian rule, where it's like, I don't have any, I don't take any of the responsibility, but I want all of the credit. And by the way, yes, you should be protesting in these states. You should be going against my federal suggestion of social distancing. And, yeah. You know, so it's a total, it's like anarchy. Even was like, you have them sec- invoke your second amendment rights or something to that. Like, what's that have to do with anything? Like, what <laughs> are you talking about? And what's scary about it too, like, you know, how like, President Kenny won because just because of his appearance, you know, there's like theories on like just small little things during debates. Like what if Joe, like all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden flubs up, you know, that, that little thing is going to blow up more than like people knowing about like. I'm more, I'm more worried about him than if anyone else would have won. Buttigieg is gay and manages a city that's, is the mayor of a city that's smaller than Joliet, Illinois. And I would still feel more confident in him to win a general election than I do Camaro Joe. Dude, Buttigieg is pretty scary, though. I'm kind of scared of him. I'm from Indiana. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't there, obviously, when he was around, but... You know the whole thing about that, the shadow Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, he's young blood. He seems like he's out to just, he's going to yeah. take power and do anything to do it. That that whole thing in Iowa, man, I, that just rubbed me the wrong way. I am... It's going to be yeah. hard to get... Guys. Well, dude, him and Beto are both these, like, they think they're destined to be leaders, and it's like, that's not how leaders come about, dude. You're not born into it. You become, you know... There's but no they're one confident, though. Like, you know, they're like... Well, why wouldn't they be? His, dude, Beto's wife's a fucking multimillionaire. He doesn't give a... He doesn't need well, anything. I, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, even if Joe Biden's confident, like, all it's going to take is Trump being a bully one time and him going, uh, uh this is a debate, you know, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to be like, boom. Okay. You know, yeah. there goes 20,000 voters, you know, or if whatever said, it is. You know? Well, they've looked past it so far, but if he talks about AR 14s on stage, yeah, we might be in for trouble, but how can you, when you look against like, you know, the already the evilness of what he is, it's, it's a miracle enough that Hillary lost against him. And the only person that I, I'm scared about running out of, out of all the candidates from Cory Booker down to Marianne fucking Williamson. I'm, I'm fucking more scared of Joe Biden, literally 
peeing his pants on stage, being incontinent, and being like, well, we got to vote for Trump, you know? And, I mean, we've been talking about this even before the the big debates yeah. have been going on. We've been talking about this forever. I mean, yeah, yeah, we've had watch parties, too, for debates where people are just like, what the fuck is going Like, did you hear what you just said? Like, Dude, that one in uh, South Carolina was especially crazy. It's the one that they paid the whole audience off. Yeah, it was all it was all donors donors generated like 10 grand or something. It's all a game. That's why I'm saying get that money because they do. We don't we don't have a a labor party in the United States. We got, you know, Democratic Socialists are the closest thing. But because of the branding of, you know, with the word socialist, it's a tough thing to sell to middle America. But if you had if AOC and Bernie Bernie had said it never said anything about socialism and just said, I'm a FDR Democrat. I think if you would have said that or you said, I represent, I'm the the American Labor Party. I represent the workers, which is basically what he does. Democratic socialism is trying to give the wealth back to the employees. And and people are confusing it too, because I've even been on debates on Facebook where I posted something about, this is what democratic socialism is. And I got all these people commenting, uh, but really it's not exactly the same. It's not like, you know, the, this, you know, it's not like they're in total control. They're just taking certain sections like healthcare, you know, for example. And it's yeah. like, you know, you're, you're benefiting from that where, yeah, you might pay a little more taxes, but it's not going to be nearly as, you know, you're still going to save money. Like, well, what has unchecked capitalism got us besides like 80% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck, you know, like what's, what's just, this is not the country yeah. that, uh, it was before you could have a factory job, send a kid to college and you could have a, at least a pontoon boat, maybe a, maybe a cabin cruiser. I don't know. Yeah. But like you can, and you can, you know, belong to an area club or a sportsman's, you had a life, a golf club. Now it's like, you can't have all that stuff on honest work. I got, you know, I talk to people in Hollywood that are like, so what's your family do? And I'm like, you know, they're like, he's like, they're like, you know, they're not ambitious. I'm like, no, they're ambitious. They just don't care about fame or any mm-hmm. of the shit that we do. Like they care about having a family, you know, providing for them, having a comfortable life. So when that becomes your ambition, then I guess you're just worried about being happy. Um, you know, people, I think sometimes don't always get that, but you want to feel safe. I don't see how anyone can have a family and look at Trump and be like, this is where I want to be for the next four years. I want to see where we can go with this guy. You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. The way that the the narrative is spun, some people seriously think that it's, it's, he's doing like exactly what he should be doing. Well, yeah. I mean, like my dad, my dad, for example, hardcore Democrat, all, all of a sudden Trump comes along. I love Trump. And then we'll have conversations. He's like, you know, I wish this uh, Medicare or this, you know, medication was free or, you know, he'll say something. I'm like, dad, that's what Bernie believes in. Oh, I don't like Bernie. He's a socialist, you know? And it's just kind of funny that they're watching this reality show and they're getting anger and their anger is like blinding them from actually what's going on. Like, it's crazy. Imagine if this pandemic would have hit back in December instead of, you know, now how would have, you know, uh, how would the race have panned out if the only the guy, you know, and it's not about, it's not even about democratic socialism or anything else. It's about bringing America back up to speed with the rest of the world. Like there's other developed nations that have free healthcare for everyone. Most Canada, developed nations. Canada, yeah. Canada kicks the shit out of us in a lot of different ways. Obviously GDP isn't one of them, but overall happiness, you know, gun fucking deaths. Um, yeah. you know, like the, it just, you know, not to say that everyone in Canada is peachy keen stuff. I'm sure they have, you know, they have Nazis there and whatever else too. <laughs> but, but if you were to, you know, I would hate the idea that you would go to a concert, get shot by a fucking maniac and then you go bankrupt cause you can't pay the hospital fees, you know, like, yeah. And yeah. then like, you know, for example, my dad just got these pills. Uh, I haven't told you this yet, Jason, but 
each one of the pills, there's a 24, like a month supply is like 24 pills or 25. Each pill is worth a thousand dollars. So that 24, it, like my mom showed me the receipt. It was $30,000 worth of pills, 24 pills. And he's got to take six of those cartridges. So that's like $185,000 for some pills for six months. Jeez. So like, think about that. Like it, but he's through a program where it's free, luckily, but it's hard to get in these programs. Not everybody can do it. And some people are stuck with that bill, you know, yeah. they're going, they're going bankrupt. And then they're like, and then they're getting $1,200 check. Like, Oh, thanks Trump. You know? Uh, so well, like, that's wild, man. Well, think about this. My buddy's uh my bongo player in college that went to SIU. He's worth like, I don't know, millions of dollars by now. He's on some native American resort during all this, just hanging out with his family. Um, did really well. But we were talking about it the other day and about these people that are out in the streets and stuff. And like, you know, if, if the best that's ever going to get for you is drinking a beer and, you know, driving your truck and shooting the gun on the weekends, like, then that's the best it's ever going to get. So when you lose that, then you got nothing. You know, if you got, if you've, re- you know, if you've realized that the chips are set against you and you've kind of been like, well, here we are, like, I guess I'll just do whatever. I guess I'm going to level up in Borderlands 2. Uh, for the rest of the month, you know, I got, who cares? You know, it's like, there's, there's a point where, you know, it's like, if you, if just getting by is good enough and then you lose that, then you got nowhere, you know, nothing else to do. Cause then you could, you just could have got by for a while and it would have been all right. But yeah, well, I think this month, dude, like I, I manage an apartment complex. So I'm waiting. I don't know what's going to happen with tenants. Like we're all good right now. Everyone's paid up, but this is going to be the second month. I haven't got any money from the government. I got no stimulus, uh, probably cause I'm outspoken on Twitter. Thanks, Trump. Uh, and then you uh, got like majority of s- small businesses haven't even got their loans because yeah. they ran out of money. We're going to do, we're heading May. My birthday's in May and I was going to skip it anyway, but I'm definitely skipping it now. It's going to be a fucking bloodbath. Florida is going to de- like going to lose who knows how many people, Georgia, these other States that are, that never really took this thing seriously. This, this epic beaches are open yeah. in Florida. Yeah. Oh dude, it's wild. It can't even be that nice. It can't even be that nice on fucking eight, in mid-April in yeah. goddamn Florida. I, I was just in Daytona uh, uh, on, you know, traveling for, for a show, and we walked around this, this farmer's market after we got done shooting, and it was just like, this lady came up to me and was like, welcome to Trump land, and there was this Trump memorabilia everywhere. And they're just like, you know, I'm like taking a, you know, a lift ride. We could talk about politics, Trump, Trump, Trump. And it's wow, just like, man. there's a different mentality down in Florida. I don't know. You know what, though? You can, you can bullshit. Either. I was talking this, uh, the other day. We were talking about, uh, there's a movie called One Crazy Summer, I think it's called, with John Cusack. And Demi Moore is his love interest. He's this fucking geek, but he thinks this girl's going to like him if she thinks he's a jock. So he tells her he's a basketball player. And the whole movie, he's like, yeah, I'm really good at bat." You know, they call him Hoops. His name's Hoops. <laughs> But he, he, she doesn't know it's because it's an ironic name because he's really bad at basketball. So there's a showdown that happens in the movie where, like, the big tough guy is like, all right, let's, let's go, champ. And then Demi Moore's like, don't fight him. How about you play him in a little game of basketball? And then he's like, oh, shit. Like, you know, the bullshit ran out. Like, now we're at that point where the bullshit's run out and bullshit won't fix anything. So I'm really, yeah, there's going to be some people having existential deep crisis he's like you know they're gonna be like what did i do did i you know they're or who knows maybe they won't maybe they'll still blame obama and democrats when it's all said and done maybe they'll still 
buy into the bullshit, but until we take care of the disinformation that we have coming out, you know, uh, I'm not one to censor, but I, you can't call Fox news news. OAN, AM radio. Whenever I travel, I turn on AM radio. It's the craziest fucking shit. These guys are saying they use, they use code words like globalists, but they're talking about Jews. They use, you know, they try to paint every liberal as someone that wants to give, you know, immigrants free education and, you know, take away your guns. Like stuff that just doesn't, doesn't exist. I meet people on the road. They're like, Oh, you're from California. Yeah. Sucks. You guys, you're all hippies. I'm like, dude, everyone has guns in California. Are you kidding me? Like they think it's like there's some blue haven. It's like, dude, the OC is like Republican. You know, like there's little pockets everywhere. Northern California, very, you know, Silicon Valley, very uh, conservative or whatever conservative means these days. Might not mean anything, but, but this idea that we're all like, I, and I always love saying like, dude, I got a wheat store that gives me an extra gram uh, between four and five every day when I go in there. And I get tacos for $1.50 a piece and the best shit you ever had in your life. Tell me how bad California is. You know, like tell me... <sighs> Tell me how much it sucks. Cause I think it's fantastic. I can have tamales. I got a guy that drops tamales off. I want him right in front of the house. He's got fucking corn on a stick with fucking mayonnaise and hot sauce. You wouldn't believe it. It tastes amazing. How bad is California? I think it's pretty great. What's the weed store? Um, that one actually might got shut down. Um, <laughs> oh, dude, no. I don't want to tell oh, the no. story. Uh, it'll, dude. I got, but I, I was in a weed shop when I got busted by the feds. It was my fault too. I'm like, hey, Man? they got a deal going on. Go, go wow. over there. Yeah, it was like two <laughs> months ago. It was all, yeah, it was crazy. It was on the news, but I managed to escape the the camera's lens. Uh, but uh, yeah, wild times. But uh, I do. I have found. I tell you, a brand I like is Old Pal. They have this one called Cosmic something. It's a Steva. It's like twenty bucks before tax, twenty five with. It's mm-hmm. better than most of the 35s I've bought in LA. So I think it's a good good bang for your buck, uh, marijuana there. What, what about that? Uh, remember that uh, spot you did on those vape pens? Uh, the- oh, that, that delivery service. We did, a, we did a bunch of videos, me and Chaz, for uh, a character I called Uncle Rick. He was a flower smoker, and he would like go through all these. Uh, it was called Puffy Delivery or something like that. Or I got the box in my room. But they actually, right after we did the videos, they rebranded it because they had a really bad Google rating. Like their business rating on Google was super low, so they, so they rebranded to something now. It's like I forget what it is, but sticky or icky or delivery or something. But um, yeah, for a while there, I had a bunch of vapes and syrups and stuff. Yeah, they gave it. They gave us a lot of stuff. <laughs> was it the Was it the shit that people are were was clogging up their lungs and killing them? No, I don't think no. so. We also, you know, I used to do a lot of content with Al Harrington, the old NBA player. Um, oh yeah. We actually pitched the weed show, me and him went around a couple of different places and pitched it and no one bought. But now I think he might be doing with Vice. I was like, dude, you have my blessing. I've, ex- I've like, after I use up all my contacts, a lot of times I'll be like, listen, guys, it's not the right time. If you find something on your own, go for it. You have my blessing. But you can't use anything that I've created for it unless I'm a part of it. You know, if I create a deck mm-hmm. or a sizzle, but that's mine. So I gave him my blessing. We had just done meetings. Like, cause honestly, you walk in the door with an NBA player, any dude that like likes sports is like, yeah, I want to meet that guy. I just want to see who he's like, you know, like, so who knows half the time. Can you come but on Al, the podcast? Yeah. He's probably a little busy for it. Um, yeah. I'll ask him though, but he does, he has a marijuana company called uh, Viola. that has got a praise of like a hundred or $200 million, something like that. So that's what he's doing right now. He's also suing the city of Detroit because the cops stole it. They ransacked his shop, his grow op, which is legal took all his weed and they went to go collect the weed after they won the court case and it was all gone. 
So the cops fucking took his weed and sold it. There um, it is, dude. It's good stuff. That, 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 that's why he's busy. It's, it's not that he doesn't care, but he, uh, you know, um, I felt like I was putting him out by introducing him to like, you know, TV people. Um, so it's like, dude, you don't need this money. And he's, and honest to God, he was doing it for his brand. Like he didn't give a shit about the TV show. He knew he was going to make a ton of cash, especially for the first season. If it did well, he could, but he wanted to get his brand. That was free advertising for his brand. So yeah, I even worked on like a music videos where like their sponsor was a brand and they're like, Hey, take these joints. And you know, they're going to, they just want the word spread, you know, like, mm-hmm. so so something with like the vape, the vape commercial is that was, would you, would they come to you and be like, we want an ad and then you pitch them a concept and then you go from there. I've that one. Yeah. I was through somebody I knew, but I've also, I've reached out to brands sometimes and had some success. Like, Hey, I really like your, you know, whatever I've, I, there's one I didn't hit that I wanted to as a watch company. Sometimes too, these brands have deals with agencies already in place that they have to go through them for everything. So but if you can find a little small company, um, or a brand that you like by the time you see an ad for it, it might be too late. Or if you, you know, maybe it's a print ad or it's like a, maybe they're doing their ads the wrong way. And you'd be like, Hey, I, I've seen your ads. Like they're cool, but like, I want to buy a watch. I got to see the watch, you know, or try to pitch them in that way. Right. Not to be like too sales pitchy either, but, or sometimes I'll just be nice and be like, dude, when I first moved to LA, I would like get home from the bar and I would like email people I thought were really good actors, like, you know, people that like, like character actors and stuff. I'd be like, man, I just saw you in campus ladies on oxygen and you were a really great <laughs> performance. And I'm sure so many people are like, who the fuck is this kid emailing me? Um, but I would like reach out to be like, I just want to let you know that you're really great at what you do. Keep it up. And, you know, um, for all I know, they got 50,000 of those emails and stuff, but, um, but if someone's like got something that's really cool or like that old pal, I like that weed a lot. It's fucking cheap. The, the price point's great on it. I don't feel like a drug addict when I'm going in and buying, you know, weed. <laughs> I'm not spending $300 on marijuana, you know? Um, but, um, but yeah, so I might like have reached them. I, I had one company I did a, when I used to do a lot of Amish stuff, like funny or die, I'd have companies kind of circle back with me and be like, Hey, we want to do this Amish guy with our brand. I'd be like, eh, it's not really right, but let's talk about something else we could do. Yeah. Know? back. All right. Um, but yeah, so it depends. I mean, I just see if you if there's something you like, and like, hey, if you got a really can show someone, um, uh, and you can get that work, you know, it's, it never hurts to approach them. Sometimes, though, I, it's a lot of word of mouth and people that I've worked with that, um, uh, that will recommend me for stuff or, or through brands. So, uh, a lot of times, this knows too. Like, I've, I've had a lot of people don't know how much stuff costs, or they obviously have a budget that's you know, my thing is if you're you know, the companies that make the most money advertise the most and that's no secret. Mm-hmm. Right. So whenever they're like, well, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're moving this much product. We only have about two grand to make for an ad. It's like, well, that ad is going to be the only thing. That's what people first see when they see your brand. So if you want to spend that much money and you want to use these PNG bad graphics, like, you know, we can, but it's not going to do you any good. You're throwing this money in a hole. So like, Ooh, you what you're using the vectors. Um, well, no, for stuff like that, I mean, you can use Photoshop and stuff like that, but they'll like, they'll send me like stuff that they've done in house. It doesn't necessarily translate to video or, you know, kind of, it looks okay on a box or maybe on a you know flat surface, but there's nothing logo-y about it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so you can try to simplify stuff or, or give them a look or an aesthetic that 
would help the video or be within there because a brand is not a, it's not a logo. It's not a color scheme. It's what you think of. It's those first thoughts when you see it. Right. So it's actually the opposite of all those. It's the opposite of just a logo. It's what you, (laughs) it's why McDonald's brings you in to fucking when you're a kid, they have, we have a free birthday party. So when you're adult, it's it's for 40 almost. Nice. So when you're, when you're an adult and you walk by McDonald's, you're like, man, McDonald's, I like that place. I wonder why it's like, Oh, cause you had your sixth, seventh and eighth birthday there. You stupid shit. You know, like they were, they got early. Um, yeah, dude, the ball pits were no joke. But, yeah, but jungle gym. yeah, pre-COVID, hey, say goodbye to those motherfuckers. Wow. Ball, oh, ball pits? Are you talking about like like the well, it was like gym, in gyms in general? <laughs> yeah, true that too. Um, like that. Uh, My laptop's about to die. You have anything else we can talk about? Or uh, um, well, you wearing that bull that bulls shirt? You excited for Sunday? Um, I am. I might. I don't know if I'm gonna wait to watch them all. I might DVR them, and that way I can get a little break. But if people are gonna be talking about them, then you gotta watch them. You know, like, dude, it's ten weeks. Come on, this is like this is the most perfect thing I could have ever imagined coming out. <laughs> dude, there's also uh, we. Don't, I don't care a lot about costumes, but I, I've worn this hoodie out a lot. Uh, it's the green St. Patrick's Day hoodie. Uh-huh. Get a lot of comments from people. Also, the SIU hoodie gets a lot of comments. I got a couple other head-turning hoodies. So in this, um, in the movie. My character, when he really hits his low point, just does a black hoodie, no logos. So I wanted to think, here's my artistic process. I wanted to think, if I didn't want to talk to anyone, what would I wear? Like, well, I wouldn't wear a cool hoodie. It'd just be black. So in, in the movie, there's a big <laughs> chunk. And it's all because of this hoodie where people be like, dude, is that a green Bulls jersey? Like, no way! <laughs> Do you, and then you have your, like, your, car, your cargo shorts, too. <laughs> Chess, come on, quick with me hard time, bro. <laughs> uh, I am down to one percent. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose you here. Uh, I can try to transfer, but I don't know. Um, well, save, save it. Wear a different hoodie next time, bro, because we should definitely do another one. I'd love to do this again with both of you guys. Um, Hell yeah, I mean, man, it's a lot like, of fun. Like I, I could get into a bunch of shit with you guys. I'm really interested in your guys, uh, your journeys. It's cool. It's cool. It's all about Chaz. I'm just the looks. He's the brains. <laughs> you probably figure that out. Um, where can uh, where do you guys want want uh, what want plug plug uh, just jasonserino.com you can find all of my stuff a lot of the stuff with Chez uh, S-E-R-E-N-O and same all over the internet the YouTube channel there's a lot of stuff there and there's some stuff that isn't on Amazon and stuff's up on Amazon that's not on YouTube and whatever else but it's all there you can see Chaz act as well <laughs> Chaz you sir what's your Instagram Chaz uh, my name Chaz underscore underscore more it's too complicated yeah <laughs> well i'll have all my works on your link, page the anyway. links in the description <laughs> um yeah, man. thanks a lot guys for coming on i this is fun this is really appreciate it uh, yeah man, stay safe and stay uh stay sterile <sighs> yeah <I don't> know. <laughs> not, not like not like reproducting i mean like sterile yeah. like surfaces bro not like your penis. yeah yeah chill yeah, I think I got peanut butter on <laughs> my fingers right now. Like, yeah, I don't know how sterile uh, I am. Uh, <laughs> all right, dudes. Well, I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. All Peace right. out. See you.